Hello, Chico. Hello, Adam. Oh my God, thanks for playing that. You're welcome. I'm energized now. I danced to it. Well, that's great. (gasps) Yeah, all by myself. All by myself. You notice anything different about the Podbean app? Oh, no, I did not. I guess it looks like we can have have more than three callers now. Which might be obnoxious, actually, but... How many? I still see only for three. Really? Yeah, I just see caller two, three, four open right now, but that's all I see. On my computer screen, I see seven available. We got to test that shit. It's exciting. Everybody that's online calling. (laughs) Everybody out there calling. I was listening to the end of last week's show because I remembered... We were gonna try to pick it up. Yeah, James is <laughs> but here. But it was it's a very deep shit, so I don't know if I want to start that right away. <laughs> I do want to go back to left hugger, right hugger conversation, but uh, I don't know what we were like getting into, and we said, "Well, we don't have time for that." Um, yeah, I'm glad you listened to it. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. We were we were going into like the rabbit hole of the patriarchy and um, and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little heavy for eight thirty. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready for that, especially after Japeju. Yeah, I, I um, like, I actually had like a normal week. I went camping with some buddies of mine. That's awesome. Yeah. So you went to where did you go? Pocono's, you said. We were in the Poconos, yeah, um, which is like near the Delaware Water Gap. Okay. Where we always cross from Jersey into Pennsylvania when we're driving west. And, but is it uh, like two hours or three hours? How far is that? About an hour. Actually, it took us only an hour to get back. It took us like two hours to get there on Monday. I see. It's supposed but to be a was... really good area and cool. Like. Yeah, there's a lot of camping around there and stuff like that. Yeah. Do, you got, do you camp much, James? James? Hold on, yeah, I had to unmute <laughs> myself. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that. Like, takes a while. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I love camping. I love hiking. I love uh, all that stuff. But I gotta get uh, my car fixed up. I got this Corolla. It's got no battery, no back left tire. Oh shit! And uh, and I'm in the like sparsest part of the country with like the best outdoors stuff you can imagine. And yeah, I can't, I can't go anywhere. But <laughs> what's, the cra- what's the craziest road trip you had? Oh, that's or that's like a, the creepiest. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty <laughs> tough. Maybe when I brought, maybe when I brought Krista here for the first time, uh, like fifteen years ago, she just she just got home from work. Adam and Chico, it's the oh. podcast. Hi, Krista. Yeah, Tell her somebody hi. said hello. <laughs> hi. When, was, when did I bring you here? Like 15 years ago, 12 years ago? Something. Uh, no, Ravenna existed. So, yeah, 2007. Wow. And that was uh, from Seattle to Santa Fe and back. And uh, Grand Canyon and, and Moab and, you know, Arches National Park and all that, camping out everywhere. That was, Were you that guys- was pretty nice. Just taking That's your awesome. time, or were you sort of in a rush? 
on the way, we were taking our time. On the way back, we were in a rush. Mm-hmm. And Krista just had a uh, uh, learn, learner's permit. She didn't have a driver's license. Uh, and when we were on the way back, and, and you know, uh, learner's permits are only good in the state that they're issued in. Oh, right. You can't, you can't, like, drive all over the place or anything like that. Oh, that's true. But she, she drove across, like, like five state lines or something like that, uh, <laughs> getting us back to Seattle because my back was injured. And, uh, and uh, I, it was super painful for me to be basically in any position. That was a different time. Oh. That was back no, she's telling me that's a different time. <laughs> that was, that was You're getting old, one. man. I don't, know. I, don't, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She's like on it with dates and shit. She's like 2007 <laughs> with mileage, yeah. every detail. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I now, now that you guys don't have a car, what what do you do? How do you get around in the middle of New Mexico? Well, it's it's usually pretty easy. That's that's why it's taken me as long as it has to to get the car fixed up. Is because it's so easy to get around here. Oh, that's good. For the most part, the the bus to Taos. I mean, it's uh, on the way. I thought you guys are in Texas. (laughs) Chico. (laughs) I had to go there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it was all northern Mexico at one point, and then the United States is just like we're going to take two thirds of your country, and that was it. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah but no no it, it's uh it's super easy i mean the the long distance buses here are free so you wow. can take a two-hour bus ride uh, uh up the uh rio grande uh, gorge and it's free so wow and then we can walk downtown in 20 minutes uh, from our house and, and there's lots of trails and it's all there's little waterways and everything and uh, we can walk to this uh, to whole foods in 10 minutes and nice. trader trader joe's in 10 minutes so yeah so it's been really nice uh especially after la not to drive much. oh yeah, yeah sure. i bet really oh good. my god yeah. I can't believe the bus is free. So do they charge double for short distances to make up for the free long yeah, distance yeah. bus rides? Yeah, it's, like, it's like 50 cents or something. To oh, shit. Bus. I don't know what Jesus. it is. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll get it fixed up and we'll get out there and we'll get camping, you know. What's the temperature like, right, like these days there? It's like in the low 80s. Which is okay. the high twenties for any European, or any anyone else from uh, anywhere else other than the United States? <laughs> Everyone else in Everyone the world besides else, us. Yeah. Yeah. That's my perfect temperature. It's the perfect temperature yeah. for me. And it gets chilly out there at night, right? So that's why, like, ballooning and stuff is all really good to do around that. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah, the differential is huge. It's like sometimes thirty to forty degrees difference between wow uh, night and day. My yeah, first least. road trip I took with my buddy Mike Hoffman from Cleveland to San Diego, and one night we were he was driving and he got tired. It was somewhere around Vegas, and he pulled over, and at that time it was cold out because it was nighttime, 
And I just remember at like 8.30 in the morning, waking up drenched in sweat, like clawing to get out of the car because the car had just gotten so hot <laughs> from being in the sun. <laughs> and I remember like falling out the, the passenger side door and like yelling at Mike, like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he was like, well, it was 50 degrees out when I parked here a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so funny (laughs) I love it there I haven't been that many times but I love Albuquerque and Santa Fe both I went on that balloon museum in Albuquerque yeah you designed you helped design the yeah we designed the whole thing and we met it was really cool because we met the families whose uh, fathers had crossed like the Pacific and the Atlantic for the first time. So it was two different families and they're both from that area. So they were like uh, giving a lot of like artifacts and also supporting the museum being built. And we did this amazing project and now we got fired. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think they stole a lot of our ideas and gave them to a local firm to get Mm -hmm. it down there. It was fun. It was a fun project, for sure. I've never been in a hot air balloon. (gasps) I've done it in Cappadocia in Turkey. It's one of the best experiences. Wow. And you're like, as we were going up, because like how they can go down and up fairly fast, we saw a balloon like... And it's sunrise. All those balloons are like rising up at sunrise. And then we saw one balloon going really fast down. And we're like, oh, shit. Because there was a lot of like um, articles that we read every now and then. There's a mishap and it crashes. We're like, oh, shit, those guys are going to crash. And then we realized they were just like uh, descending towards the valley. Hmm. It's amazing how they control that stuff. They weren't going to crash. They were just descending. <laughs> they were just descending on purpose with intention. Well, that's you know that's what they call they call a landing is just a controlled crash. You know that, right? Uh, did they really? That would be awesome. Yeah. So I got a lot of sun. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Did you guys swim? Was there swimming? There was a pool at the campsite. And on the hike, we didn't swim because we we hiked on the Appalachian Trail. We went up to the top of Mount Mincy, Mincy or something like that, uh, where Sharon and I actually went last fall. And you could see the view. You could probably see almost all the way back to New York City from up there. It was amazing. It's like a two-hour hike in and out. So nice. Mm-hmm. It was so weird to like kind of have a normal couple of days when you know, and then come back to like where we are with everything you know it's just a little i'm almost like a little sad i'm like oh you know you touch that like that joy for a minute and then you're like oh well we're still living through this crazy time Um, yeah yeah i feel like a little bit of normalcy like when i uh i'm out or like seeing you or something and then next day i'm like no not normal yet Mm -hmm. Is what else James, is going on? James James having a crisis. 
<laughs> he swallowed the wrong pipe through the rocks when we're like continuing to talk. Don't pay attention. He's choking. It's okay. If Chris stays there. She'll sure. save him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you wait, 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 what's going on? What are you talking about? You're hacking up. We're uh... choking and we're like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I should have <laughs> muted it. I put my hand around the microphone, but I guess it wasn't <laughs> It didn't do no good. It did nothing. But, uh, no. <laughs> it did nothing. But I love that we just really phased it out and continued yeah. talking. <laughs> I mean, if you're setting up a sound studio, I guess now we know hands don't make good sound insulation. So yeah. you don't want to use hands. You know. It goes right through it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if the week. more fatty part of your body does a better job. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe uh, we need to test. Somewhere. Next time you cough, you got to put it on your ass so that we see. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's any fat on my ass? <laughs> wedge it up in there. Yeah, no, probably not in your ass. <laughs> you probably don't have any fat. <laughs> I'm just poking around looking for fatty areas, you know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it might be worse. Maybe if you don't have fat, it might echo more. Because <laughs> yeah, it bounces off. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't started drinking, guys. But my I am uh, is taking the night off. After two nights of camping with two of my buddies, I need to. I need like a month off. <laughs> I don't think I've, I haven't drank for like a month, I think. So as yeah. you go on to your uh, fasting, I might start. Good idea. Uh, I haven't yeah. drank since, I mean, before the drills earlier, uh, probably. What did you drink? I, I had a cider, a rambling root. Mm. It was pretty decent. I have like uh, a little bit. How of are the drills going? Here. Are you getting? You're still doing it every day. Yeah, eight eight times a week, twice a day, four times a week. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, so some I discipline. Almost, yeah. So I almost joined last Thursday until I realized your five thirty was not our five thirty. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so I need to aim for the earlier one. So it's not at the same time when we're about to teach or teaching. But I'm really yeah, we're two two hours it. apart. So your the noon one will be at two for you, and yeah, that's Perfect. a good time actually. That's a good time. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like getting up, having breakfast, taking a walk, and then doing some lot pieces and whatever. Although I haven't been able to join you as often as I'd like to. I can't believe you guys have time to do it twice a day, or like, or or making time to do it twice a day, four days is a week. Is it that's... twenty minutes or thirty minutes? What is it? How it's long? Three is tandas. It? Thir- yeah, okay. three tandas. It's about thirty-six minutes. Yeah. Thirty-five, thirty-six minutes, and uh, yeah. Uh, tomorrow's the last day for this week, and then I I really miss it. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I've gotten so used to it. It's been a couple months now. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's a big I, part of my routine. That's great. I've been, um, I am almost teaching like four or five times a week, it feels, and it's so fun. So I look forward to every day thanks to that. And then I just started this uh, last week. I'm on the 10th day of a 30 day challenge. 
with some crazy stretches and strengthening stuff. Hmm. So last week I was walking like I was circumcised for a couple of days. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to make that reference, Chico. Come yeah. On. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I no, can. You're not part of the vulnerable group for that one. <laughs> okay, then I'll make I'll, I'm gonna make this analogy. I was walking yeah, like no, when you like... would ride a bicycle that has the middle bar. If you accidentally mm-hmm. land on that, that's mm-hmm. like how I was walking for a couple of days. Like I did that mistake. Oh. Yeah, your your Tuesday class is a, is a good workout. I like it. Uh, last two weeks, I've been making it more chilled, so the focus has been a little bit more mobility and flexibility, a lot less strengthening, mm-hmm. but I'll go back to. I'm glad you think so. <clears throat> yeah. It's good. Yeah. A couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, I did uh, my usual exercising, and then I forgot I had the class on Tuesday, so I had to do another half hour to 40 minutes with you guys, and my legs were shaking. I was like, hmm. Well, you started the last one with squats, like 13 each side, and I, I had to basically like stop and lay down for a minute because my legs, my quads were about to like, not my quads, my hamstrings were and about to And that was explode. my second round that day. That's why I was like, oh shit, I can't do this twice a day. I'm not good for squats. My legs do not do squats well. I suck for at some side reason. squats. So it's weird we don't have a musical guest tonight, but I wanted to talk about music since we're not having a person play music james do you have a new song that you like or adam sorry maybe you had something in mind i'm sorry i was in the middle of speaking but you know yeah you were i cut you off like (laughs) (laughs) i would like to talk about music james you have a song you like (laughs) is someone talking is is someone uh, talking james sorry uh, do you have a song that you like right now (laughs) I'm sorry, I like, Adam. That's okay. You know, I like Troilo Baron a lot. Oh. Interesting. I really, I mean, there's not a whole lot, but mm-hmm. Mensaje, I really like Troilo Baron Mensaje. M-E-N-S-A-J-E. Yeah, I... um. Yeah, that's the one. All right. You want to listen to it? Carol wants to hear it. Let's play it. We'll do like a little uh, radio station this week. So I'm going to play Mensaje by Troilo with Baron on vocals. Cool, cool. Como ves, otra vez, con un tango te 
ya no puedo hablar. Me encende, monte mi vieja ternura, la criatura, tú estás prestando coraje. Y a lo largo del viaje, sufrí sus ultrajes en mi soledad. Nunca quieras mal, total, la vida que importa. Y es tan finita y tan corta que al fin, el violín se corta. No te aplique el espinazo del dolor, y si el amor te hace no le niegues tu pedazo de candor, no es lindo creerle al amor. Bueno y nada mal, que siendo bueno no hay odio ni justicia ni veneno de No estoy, me da pena no estar apurado, hinchando con vos. Vos que me hiciste llorar, vos que eras todo rencor. Mensaje, mensaje con que te digo que soy tu amigo y tiro el carro contigo. Man, this tango music is kind of depressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I just started to notice this. I love it. When you're not like dancing and drinking, you're just listening to it. It's pretty. <laughs> it's tragic. melancholic. It's different than depressing. Uh, it's I a know, little I'm depressing, I think. Hi, Carol. Uh, hi. Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi. How is everybody? Good. Good. After that. Good. After that uplifting tango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was singing so nice. Yeah. 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 What was the message? It's called the message, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mensaje. Mensaje. Do we know what the words mean? No. I did not take the time to really listen to the lyrics, to be honest. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't have pulled it off, I think. <clears throat> I just really like it, that, that whole co collaboration. Uh, to me, Baron, I mean, he, he was at his best then. And there's so there's so little of that, you know, Troy the Baron. Like mm -hmm. uh, the Vuelta is great, and the the Baron recording of Malena mm -hmm. is pretty phenomenal. Yvette they bring back from the old Decaro days, and uh, it's super beautiful. And I, I love that tanda. 
like just those those four. Yeah, but I heard there's, that Kahlo um, sort of gave his um, how do I say this? Before Baron joined Kahlo's orchestra, Kahlo had a very different sound. And he had to like redesign his orchestra to to fit the sound of Baron, and that's sort of what huh. made them kind of famous. Like he apparently he wasn't very good until he got Baron, <laughs> and then they changed their whole style and their whole approach because of the, the, his voice. And then he he like he found a niche. And, Interesting. Um, and, and does anybody know the the like chronological order of like? Baron with the different orchestras because he was with Damari too, I think. Does it, do you, James? Do you know when he was with which yeah. orchestra? Yeah, he was he was with Kahlo in '42, and then he uh, he worked with uh, uh, Damari, I think, also in '42 and '43, right? Yeah. And and then uh. I'm not sure if he recorded in 44 or much in the late 40s, but then he had a little comeback in the early 50s. Uh, he, he, and that's where we hear him with, uh, with Troy Lowe. And he did some various other work. Um, and yeah, I, I have a super crazy theory uh, that, yeah, unifi- that unifies all this kind of stuff. Which is this? This sort of four four part like elemental theory about the orchestras, like the Greek elements, like just simple earth, air, fire, water. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Desarli and Demare and Firpo, Fresedo—they're all water family orchestras in my in my estimation. And Kalo is up there with them. They're like the big five. Uh-huh. Water family orchestras, but Kahlo was really uh, mimicking Troilo as much as he could, and you can hear that, like in the late '30s and early '40s, right before he brought on Baron. He was just trying to do, you know, because because Darienzo pretty much dominated from like '35 to '38, and then and and then once Troilo stole Siriaco Ortiz's orchestra. From him and started started me at his own band of superstars, including Orlando Grani and all them, uh, in I think '37 or something like that. Started making recordings and playing as their own orchestra, and they just took over. And you know, this fast-paced early Troilo, what we think of as early Troilo, was was uh-huh. really dom- dominating. And Kahlo was kind of a mimic, and he was trying to make arrangements a lot like Troilo's hmm. at that time. That's what I hear when I listen to the recording. So I'm not taking this from any experts or anybody else. I just hear that when I listen to those recordings. Like Kahlo is aspiring to be a Troilo-like orchestra in the late 30s and early 40s. And then once he gets Baron, to me, Raul Baron is like the most water singer you can possibly have. He's like so fluid. He's got all of the embodiment of water, you know, deep feeling, fluidity, uh, and all of that. And and uh, once Kahlo took on Baron, it shifted his his character to what he really was, which was a water orchestra. You know, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Go ahead. That's my crazy theory. That's it. But don't you think with Troilo Baron? 
uh, sounds like more fire? No. It's no longer water to me. It's no, no. To me, Darienzo is fire to me. See, people yeah. think, well, Pugliese is so passionate and powerful. and But all of the Dakarians, Troilo, Pugliese, uh, Lawrence, uh, Dakaro, all of those guys are, are air. Okay. And they have the maximum versatility and all of that. And okay, me, wait, can I, can I ask a question? Do you think that yeah. these orchestras match your, uh, your, your sign? Like, I'm, I'm, my sign's an air sign, so is that why I like Pugliese and Lawrence yeah, and all that? Yeah, you, you and me, we like the air signs because I'm a Gemini, you know, and, you know, we like the Pugliese, the Lawrence, you know. <laughs> I actually have thought of that, Carol. It's not, <laughs> it's not out of the question. Yeah. Actually, I have a friend here, uh, uh, Bert, here in uh, Santa Fe, who he he astounds me. You can you can ask him the sign of any major uh, orchestra leader, and he just knows their sign. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's got it to that degree, and uh, you know. Anyway, I I didn't. I've never really compared any of that, Carol. But but uh, I think it's time something like this was done. I think a formal study should be launched. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, I think okay. we're going to all interpret what's air, water, and fire, and earth to yeah. each one of us differently. So that's going to be interesting, too. But, James, can you continue with which orchestras you see as being which signs? Mm. Oh, for sure. And at this point, I even have, like, musically exactly what differentiates them but originally the, those those elemental signs were a sort of they just kind of sprung out of some dj seminars with a bunch of pretty experienced djs in seattle uh and and that that the, the kind of group came up with that uh i mean years and years ago and i've i've just been nerding out on it ever since and and i've I've, I've kind of classified exactly what like musical techniques the different orchestras use to put them in that category or this category. But I would say that the, the earth orchestras are the simplest and the earliest, and that's Canaro, Lomuto, um, Donato, before he started uh, imitating D'Arienzo and the other orchestras, Donato in the early years, when uh, to me he was at his height of, uh, of popularity in the tango world. Um, and then all of the Canaro kind of spin-off orchestras, including his own brothers. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, um, that, that whole early set. And when you listen to some of the other orchestras I put in other elemental categories, uh, uh, from the Canaro period, like from the, you know, the late 20s or whatever, they sound very very earth-like or Canaro-like, but then you hear them evolve into their own orchestra. Um, and Canaro tries to copy the other styles and you know, you know how that went. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's, who is Air? So Air is the Dakarian family. So Dakaro, uh, uh, Ortiz, uh, uh, Lawrence, Mafia, Gobi, uh, Vardaro, uh, Troilo, Pugliese, uh, DeAngelis, uh, that whole that whole group. And what what qualities do those orchestras share that made you feel that they would be air? 
The number one quality would be versatility. Uh, that that they, they, they display a far greater range of, of musical tricks than, than the other orchestras, generally speaking. You know. uh, and that they, they will drop the beat and have little adagio moments, which is very unlike the earth, water, or fire orchestras. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they use the, 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 the main claves or the, the main like underlying rhythms. I'm borrowing that from salsa. But the, the main <laughs> underlying uh, rhythms of, of, uh, of the other families, they, they use them and juggle them like phrase for phrase. So if you hear, if you listen to like Canaro during Canaro's prime, you know, when he was on top of the market and everything, you hear a lot of like heavy downbeats, like one, mm-hmm. two, three, five, seven, right? Like this, this really heavy uh, half note kind of march. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to the, the fire orchestras like Darienzo, Tanturi, uh, Rodriguez, Biaggi, of course, is the architect of all of it. Uh, you know, and you hear the quarter notes very sharply. Da, 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 right? One, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five. The, the differentiation between the, the, uh, the one and the two is not nearly as strong. So there's this sort of ongoing persistence, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then the water orchestras, everything is syncopated. There's rarely just a march. With Fresedo or Calo, you have the most marches, you know, in, in their music, in their arrangements. Uh-huh. But once you get into De Sarli or De Mare, and for, for sure certain periods of Firpo, uh, mm-hmm. a large part of Firpo's work, you know, everything is syncopated. It's yeah, like, I'm like so surprised. Yeah. Recently, I've been listening to a lot more Damare than before and realizing like on, on the, um, da- in the background, there's always syncopation. Yeah, always. It's like, it doesn't matter how melodic that moment is uh, with the violin or with the singer, there is a crazy syncopation going on. It's really cool. The rhythmic yeah. pace is always Every- very interesting. Everything is syncopated with Damari. And, you know, his name is like the light of the sea, right? Light. is <laughs> actually, he's got water in his name. So it's just, it's just very strong evidence for my case here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is your PhD presentation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, and then the air orchestra has all of those rhythms. They use them like in one section. If you listen, I mean, Pugliese, of course, is the preeminent example, but you listen to any Pugliese track from 1943 to 1980 you know, or whatever, and you hear, you know, like these, this, this super strong half note, like, like Canaro, like zumba, zumba, and then you hear this tak 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 like like Darienzo kind of section, and then you hear this super syncopated section, you know, shumpa, ba, ba, shumpa, ba, you know, and 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 the air orchestras just mix all of that up all the time, and uh, that to me, Carol, to answer your question, is what the air orchestras are all about. They they use all of the tricks of the other orchestras and then some of their own. 
It's really interesting. Uh, years ago, we took a class with Horacio, and it was a Pugliese song, Malahunta, that he played with, and he divided the room into four, and it was the elements. So, and oh, the wow. exercise was really cool because you'd be walking in water, and then once you cross the quarter part of the room and you enter the other zone, let's say the next zone is air, you'd have to move like air and then you'd enter earth and mud. So you'd have to walk like that and then you'd get to fire. And so then through the song, uh, he would yell out the moments where it would switch well, from Chico, fire do you remember, to... Do you remember in the class what was so brilliant was at the end he played the song and he yeah. danced with Cecilia around the room in the in the the, the shape oh of the. Oh my God! Yes. And every time he transitioned from one quarter of the room to the other, the music kind of like went with him. It was like obviously it was well designed, um, but it was so amazing to watch how he kind of brought it all together at the end. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, very very cool. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of teachers talking about the four elements. Louisa Pice uh, mentioned oh, wow. that a long time ago. When she was teaching, we were teaching, when we worked with her briefly, we were doing a lot of classes on incorporating four elements. And then, you know, Chico and I, we've done that too a little bit. And I think Brigitte does that a lot. How about uh, yeah, Carol? Carol, how do you teach the four? Do you teach the four elements? No. <laughs> but, <I'm> going... <laughs> but you guys are inspiring me, you know? Like, that's, yeah, it sounds super interesting. But I like like James' idea is completely different than like how we interpreted too, which mm -hmm. is really neat. I I love that hearing different orchestras to be in a different element, sort of. Not did, sort of. I don't know did, why I said did that. Did these orchestras um, over time switch from one element to another sometimes? Oh, that's a very interesting question because I they have. You know, periods of, of, of market dominance, right? Where, right. where yeah, yeah. One, one particular influence is pulling everyone in that direction. So you see that over and over again, uh, depending yeah. on who is selling the most records and booking the most gigs and getting the best reviews. And, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Donato is the greatest mimic. Of, of of any uh, you know anyone else. So so when you listen to uh, Donato like 1935 and earlier, it sounds very Canaro like, very Earth like, and it's kind of when Donato uh, commercially was at, at his height. Uh, but then you listen like 1939, Carnaval de Mi Barrio sounds like an exact copy of a Darienzo Biaggi arrangement. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like structure, structurally, it is identical to the Darienzo uh, Biagi framework, and it is super fire orchestra. And then you hear him, like, in the 40s, really start to shift gears. When DeSarly really started to dominate, like, in 42, 43, um, mm -hmm. you know, you hear Donato slow down and get way more romantic. Uh, and then when Pugliese really started to take over the market, you, you heard him get like bigger and more dramatic. And that, like by the 1950s, Donato arrangements are hard to tell apart from any Dakarian arrangement, like any any Troilo or Pugliese or you know these these more like Francini Pontier or 
you know, uh, that's when it starts to get really muddy because Donato was such a good mimic. And many mm-hmm. of the other orchestra leaders and arrangers were as well. I mean, but definitely, Carol, they, they shifted along with who was selling records and, and booking gigs. <laughs> and my, from, from what I can hear from, from the recordings, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like every several years a new st- style or a new champion would come in and just like reshape the, the trend of the, where the music was going with D'Arienzo I mean, in the 30s and then Desarli in 41, 42, and well, so on. Troilo changed so much, like earlier Troilo to later Troilo, to me, is oh, yeah. like so different. Yeah, he's... But that well, was the, an orchestra that was there for so long too, though, right? Yeah. Troilo. Yeah. I was actually, one of the topics, I took a class on Saturday night um, from Horacio, and one of the, the whole class topic was on the bridge of the music. And more specifically, how Troilo uses the bridge, because he's the only orchestra, well, not the only orchestra, but he kind of, he uses the tutti in the bridge, where normally the other orchestras only use like a piano or maybe a, a bandoneon or one instrument. Uh-huh. And that's what gives Troilo such as his signature sound. It's like, he he plays the exact same style of tango in the early 40s, but he's sort of able to like change the whole sound without actually trying too hard. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it was kind of fascinating to listen to, like, comparing, like, certain songs to other songs, like we like to do sometimes, and hearing, like, wow, that he's really, like, yeah. He, I never noticed that's what I loved about Troilo. I know I love Troilo's syncopations. I love his layerings. I love his certain things. But to really start to hear, like, oh, the bridge is has so much more bearing on what I'm hearing. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and it changes the whole idea of the bridge in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. because it becomes so much more powerful than like this little embellishment. Like in the others, it feels more like an embellishment in a way. Uh, mm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Or so like, what is this class that, that he's giving us? Um, he just said he did a three-week class. Um it's it's actually not really i don't want to say this wrong the classes themselves are really well organized and structured but i don't think he has a concept for how long he wants to continue <laughs> so because i think it was supposed to be three weeks but then he sent a message out saying like oh we're gonna go for a few more weeks and we're gonna listen to more music and talk but it's like a very small class of seven people mm. and we just um talk about the melody the rhythmic bass the second melody and the bridge, and then just sort of like listen to orchestras and, and talk about how what they do with each part and why, what makes them unique. Like he told a, f- a story about D'Agostino. I guess um, D'Agostino Vargas was like one of the few orchestras that used both sides of the bandoneon at different moments of the bridge. Mm. So like when they did a fill for one bridge, they would use the right hand, and then when they did the fill for the next bridge, they would use the left hand. And that was also... Something and I what found. Sound, what kind of an effect? Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask too. Yeah. Hmm? What Which kind of an effect did that have? <laughs> <laughs> that's a manic sign. Left and right. Left hugger, right hugger. It's more liberal. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think you guys have talked more about music in this uh, episode with no musicians. I know. It's true. <laughs> that was part of the idea, though. I was like yeah. telling Chico, like, maybe we should listen to some music and talk about music since we have a tango podcast. And the last thing we ever usually talk about on the tango podcast is tango. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about tango. We don't get to talk so much about the tango music. And like, yeah, this was great that you said it. And I've been wanting to like share a song and share lyrics of a song or something every now mm -hmm. and then, uh, which would be fun. Carol, what is your orchestra? What would you say? You're, you're, if you're like a, a rabid sports fan and you have a team, what would your equivalent <laughs> of that be as a, as a, in an orchestra? Um, I'd say that I'm not necessarily always faithful to the same team. But <laughs> I love that. Sorry. Go but I, I, do, I do have a, like a soft spot for Pugliese. I, I really do like. But I like other things. You know what? I like the orchestra that the partner I'm dancing with likes. Hmm. Hmm. It makes sense. Because, like, for instance, I don't really like Biagi very much. I'm sorry. Like, that might be sacrilegious to say that. But I don't really enjoy listening to it much, just on its own. But if I'm dancing with someone who likes it, it is, like, the most fun ever, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that That's makes sense. Sucky you just said thank you, Carol, and I laughed because she told us she doesn't like Biagi a couple months ago, and we were like giving her such shit about it. Oh, there's a there's a there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> I love Biagi. Oh, do you? Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah but yeah. there's very few orchestras that I do not like actually. But Biagi, but, but yeah, Biagi I find when such it... a different thing that I don't find with other orchestras when I dance it. You know what it is with Biagi? I mean, if it comes on at the right time, I'm like the first person who wants to get up and dance. But some of the songs, it's the sound of the violins I cannot stand. Hmm. And it uh, just gets on my nerves. I'm just talking about sitting. But dancing is different, you know? Yeah, well, so you need cheap, the right leader. <laughs> it's like cheap Wagner. You know? Biagi's, viol Biagi's violins, they really are. You know? Oh, okay. So I'm not the only one who thinks that. Well, I I love Biagi, but I completely agree with you on that one about the violins. Yeah. <laughs> That's and it is it, it is a little unsettling. It sounds like it I'm be, listening to John Williams or I, Wagner or somebody. It, it I remember be DJing. Huh? No, I was just saying the violins can be a little irritating. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember DJing a while ago at, in the Philly Festival, and I think it was the song is called Magdala by Biagi and um, yeah. I had I I didn't I don't think I really listened to it much but I, I had this tanda and I was like I'll play this tanda and that those violins in that song are so bad that <laughs> I, I, I wanted to just stop the music in the middle of the song I was so sad I was like oh my god this is I've never been terrible. bothered by it and no, I think I, I sent listen. you the song Chico because I was like you got to hear the song this is so bad and we thought I had like a bad version of it but then we realized no it's just the way the song is <laughs> I want to see if I can find I, this song I deleted I, I it out of my memory just, I think <laughs> I think that I'm I'm sensitive to it because like violin I think is not my favorite instrument. And so mm. it doesn't take much for it to kind of grate on my nerves. I, I, I've noticed like if you hear an orchestra live, a live orchestra, if the violinist yeah. is playing on a really good violin, it sounds so different than if they're not playing on a really good violin. So 
I think that's more it than anything else. Bear with me know? for a yeah. moment. This is this Let's is see. I won't play I won't play this long. Okay. <laughs> This is like as violin-y Biagi as you can get. Yeah, I'll stop it. But I just, when that came on when I was DJing that one time, I was like, oh, God, this is bad. It must have been the system, too. It just, the, the highs were so high, and those well, violins yeah, were just, like, screeching. That just came on when you were hearing. DJing, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I've had some bad Biagi experiments while DJing as well. You know, <laughs> no. There's like there's some there's some orchestras you can take risks on and it's like any any Desarly sexteto from like the late twenties or early thirties, how bad could it be, you know? It's gonna probably be about the same. Uh-huh. You know, as the rest of them. But yeah, you could go really right with the idea or really wrong with the idea. Well, and, a lot of it has to do with the acoustics. Too. I mean, the acoustics too. of the room are a big thing, too, because if it's a weird room or a weird system, then you're only going to hear half the song. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, that can really suck. I never and would if, play Biagi at the Ukrainian restaurant. Well, if you also don't have good control of treble, it gets so irritating to the ear, like mm-hmm. when you're trying to get the other values to balance it and the violin is like so high pitched that it just takes away from the rest of the song yeah i heard a cork pop yeah me too but that was it that was it it's a cabernet sauvignon organic (laughs) from from chile oh nice i'm having a mascal from mexico not real mexico i'm drinking a gin from montreal Oh. I'm drinking New York's finest tap water. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, man. Take hey, it easy with hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, no. We love you, but we're sending you to the Twilight Zone. Wait until I do some noise, man. <laughs> Your decide. presence is noise, man. <laughs> Ouch! Love you too. So let's play Carol our official. (laughs) Let's play uh, Carol our official five questions theme song and welcome her officially. You guys can stick around, of course. We're gonna ask questions, but let me play the song. Welcome, officially. Thank you. So I like Carol. I always I like to ask this question to all of our guests. Um, what's your weirdest scar and how did you get it? Oh. Mm. I have. <laughs> I have what looks like four belly buttons. Wow. Where? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On my stomach. I had them. Okay. Well, I thought I had. I had the nice. Too. I had the nicest scar possible. I had a. I had this surgery that. Um, uh, I ended up having complications for. I had a planned surgery, to to take out a, a cyst or whatever, and and I ended up having quite quite bad complications to this surgery, 
one of being um i i got what's called adhesions y'all know what that is adhesions mm. are like scarring in your intestines or around your intestines and what happens is it's like uh it's like when you over heal i guess and you you produce these little strings and my intestines got caught in them so it's um what causes a what they call a bowel obstruction or it's incredibly painful so they they um they sort of I spent some time in the hospital till they figured out what it was and then they they did this sort of emergency surgery and they did this surgery like they cut in from like where my belly button is down to like the pubis and I had the most beautiful scar people they 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 were bringing people in in the hospital to look at this scar it's like pencil thin white it was white almost immediately wow yeah and then the scar like after i was out of the hospital a couple weeks later the scar sort of cracked and um anyways it was it, it, i had an infection it had healed too quickly and there was sort of abscesses had formed so they had to uh i went to see the surgeon at his office and he do you guys really want to hear this <laughs> we wanted me to an extent. I am, I am so stunned to how the, the people was coming to see your scar. That is wow. And I, no, and, and I mean, doctors were coming to see the scar. It was like <laughs> really a nice scar. And then, and then what happened was, uh, so I went to see uh, this doctor that I, my my surgeon, who was like an emergency surgeon. I used to call him Smiley because the whole time I was in the hospital. He'd come by and he was grumpy. I was in the hospital like five and a half weeks in all. It was like a really long thing. I just kept having all these right. different complications. And uh, we're talking like that long with like tubes. So like I wasn't allowed to eat and stuff like this. So it was not like the most fun time in my life. And uh, anyway, so I go to his office and he tells me like to lie down. And he looks at this thing and I swear he takes a pair of scissors and he stabs the scar and then opens the scissors a little bit. And he does this like three times to make these little holes along the scar. And then what they did was they stuffed those little holes with sort of some sort of absorbent thing, cotton tiges, things that I had to, uh, to get changed every day by a nurse so that it would, abscesses would not reform reform and it would the, my body would heal from the inside towards the skin and so where those little cotton things had been that they changed every day i have these round scars that look like belly buttons huh wow i'm never gonna wow. ask that question again i was just gonna say that to end of mine like maybe this is the end of that question i think this question is worn out it's welcome here on the show everybody <laughs> I, but I, mean, I literally pass as, out. It, it's not as it's not as like now past the years they don't look so much like belly buttons, but there is one of them that if I wear a t-shirt a certain way, people think it is my belly button and it and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and now like everybody's gone. They're not listening. Next time, next time I went to dance with you, I will I will check out your 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 belly buttons. I'm like yeah. where are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all we're I, all gonna be wanting to check this out later. That Carol. might be a while, so I want a photo. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? So, yeah, no, other scars, I don't know. I have a scar on my chin. When I, um, in nursery school, I fell. We were all shuffling outside. and I'm and afraid I she's going to go through all her scars. <laughs> go for it. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just a little sure. scar on my I'm, chin. And I'm, but I'm sure most kids have that. You know, you fall on the ice and you get a scar. I have a chin. scar on my chin. I fell I up a, a flight scar on of my stairs. Chin. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I fell up a flight of stairs and landed on the, my chin landed on the handrail. Because my hands were in my pockets. Up, but not down the stairs. But I tripped up. up. I like tripped, tripped up and, and just fell. Fell on your face. up and landed. Yep, right on my chin. I I did the reverse side of my fell down and landed and on I my chin. Had to get four little stitches. <laughs> I was uh ten years old. Aww. What? So what when other... was this, Carol? Uh, you know what? You know when I had the first? Like, so I had two surgeries, kind of back to back. One was planned, and then this emergency one. And the first one was on September tenth, uh, two thousand and one. Whoa! So oh. when I came out of out of you know, uh, being so your alibi is t- solid. No, but uh, I did. <laughs> Nine. Well, but people yeah, ran. People ran. Uh, people. I keep saying people, but like I don't know. People who worked in the hospital ran in my room. I remember and said, "Turn on the TV. Turn on the TV." Wow. I do remember that. And then um, what I. And why in was, your room? There was no TV in the whole hospital. No, but I guess they saw that I had one or I had it on or maybe they were telling me to change the station. Like, I don't know how it works in Argentina, but here you get a TV if you pay for it and rent it. So I must have had one or something. And it's year 2001, Marcelo. So, yeah, there were no, so I know. Many. <laughs> they were these little crappy ones, you know, that they're kind of <laughs> equivalent to like speakers at a drive-in, like really horrible stuff. You could get like two stations on it. So I got CNN. So, you know, I kept seeing it over and over and over again, and I wasn't sure really if I – I don't don't know if I saw anything live or if it was just redoing yeah. all the time. But what I found out later was then, then they were going all bizarre in the hospital, and it turns out there's some sort of agreement in North America, some sort of um, emergency agreement, and that the hospital I was in was a hospital that was designated – to receive the injured from New York. Huh. Whoa. So they were preparing, but of course there really weren't any, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, even the hospitals in New York So it must be some sort of a, all night. agreement that comes in if there's like a war or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's sort of neat. Long time ago, eh? Yeah, it's crazy. I remember that day now, like when you said the hospital, of course, no one came. Nobody came to the hospitals in New York. Like, I, mm-hmm. I remember that image very clearly, all the ambulances and all the doctors waiting in front of the hospitals. Um, anyway. Let's I go remember that. Next question. Next yes. question. <laughs> let's not talk about depressive stuff. So, I don't know if you remember this, Carol, but I remember... The first time I met you was at San Francisco Tango Exchange. Do you remember which year? I, I have mean, no idea. I'm not one of those people who can remember things by year. But was it like the... No, I don't Unless she's day. having an argument with me. No, but did you go to the exchange more than one time? Yeah, I think yeah. so. 
And do you like, I mean, do you think it was the first one or? It was probably the second or third. Okay. And I think Oliver Coker was there. That I can, I think it was him because he was making fun of the fact that, where are you guys, what are you hippies doing? Like getting together and talking about tango, tango, you just dance tango. You don't talk and analyze it so much or something like that. Uh, was that Oliver Adam? Do you remember that? Uh, I think that was, I remember Moira and Javier from New York. And James, yeah. you danced with Moira a little bit. That, oh, that, wait, that wait, really, wait. Uh... Is that the year they yeah. did that that game where they were supposed to kick the... Oh, that's them. Oh, it's true. was that, that the was first Sam one? commenting that. Yeah, and they were like, what's up with one? all these hippies drawn on the floor? But remember, there was like Greg and what was Greg's partner? Lyra. 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 And wasn't it those two that you just mentioned? Sorry, the name. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Lyra and Moira. Yes. Do you know there's a, there is a video? Have you guys seen there are videos, eh? On YouTube of some of this stuff. No. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of videos. Last time when I was out uh, in San Francisco, I was watching them with Felipe and Ayano, and there's like, some there's some there's a video for example of one year there was a roundtable discussion. I don't know if you guys uh -huh. were there that year, but uh, it was talked. It was about different styles of tango, and and there was Corey Ireland, Felipe, a couple Dutch people. Hmm. I don't think I was there anyway, for that one. Of course, there had to be Dutch people. Yeah, <laughs> and I was there too. You know what I was thinking exactly the same. <laughs> These Dutch people. <laughs> But excuse me, afterwards, or on one of these videos, they've got on it a just a part of all of us dancing together and practicing whatever it was we were supposed to. You know the way they would do that? They would We would talk about something, and then we would go out and dance it and try. Yeah, and I remember. So, but so there's these videos where you, like, you look, and you just pause the screen, and you go, oh, my God, there's Sabina, there's Chico. You know what I mean? You can just, like, yeah. you just know every – there's Carlos and Tova and whatever uh, – Avik, wow. every you just know everybody there. It's like amazing. Well, it That's was cool. uh, so you, it was YouTube, our first um, time, huh? You would Sorry, YouTube yeah. Tango Exchange. I guess San Francisco. SFTX. SFTX. Okay, I want to check that out. Something like that, but they're just like somebody told me, and maybe Felipe that when they were put on YouTube a long time ago, there at I don't know if this is true, but at that time there was a a length maximum to what you uploaded to youtube so there's there's a 10 minute if you don't have an account or pay for an account it's like a 10 minute length or something uh okay so these things are short like that yeah oh i didn't know that well at the it was our first sftx and i remember seeing you dancing and oh. i think you were one of the presenters of an idea and i was like oh my god she's smaller than me and you were doing everything so effortlessly and of course it was the era of doing lots of moves as well like and i just remember you following and i remember watching you i'm like oh my god everything i'm failing at i can see you do like perfectly with all the leaders you were dancing with but it was such an inspiring weekend for us so overall. chico yeah 2006 Blasting Boleos on YouTube. I just found it. Okay. So There's that was the year we were there because they were kicking Greg the beach balls. Yeah. With oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Javier. 
It was like such cool games. Like I remember Rebecca and Rebecca dancing on a line. Right. And yeah. you guys remember that? Yeah. 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 I'm looking yeah, at that yeah, video yeah. right now, the tape line. Yes. Alex Krebs with Rebecca in a tiny square. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. And then, like, Carlos and Tova dancing on um, bubble wrap. Bubble wrap with the rose yeah. and a trash bin. Yeah. Oh, this, these bin. people, this is not tango. It's hippie. Oh, come on. Oh, it's, the most, it's the most tango. You know, you know. It's exploration. I am. I am. So what's the next question, Chico? <laughs> there's also so, the there's also the spoof of the tango lesson. Do you guys remember? Were you guys there that year? That Carlos uh, and Tova and Evan and uh, oh yeah, and, yeah, where that. they did a spoof of like the tango lesson in ten minutes kind of thing. Yeah, that was hilarious. There's a video yeah. here. I'm gonna watch all these videos when we're done. Yeah, me too. So what I was going to tell, uh, what I was going to link this, uh, bringing up the memory of FSTX was that I never asked you, you have other dance backgrounds, no? And I'd yep. like to know more about that. Um, <clears throat> I trained um, like in classical dance and classical ballet as a kid. And... Um, I actually had scholarships uh, in high school, and right after high school, I, I did a year at a ballet school in, in France. Um, but I had um, I had a chronic tendon problem in my ankle, and I couldn't really sustain doing the point work anymore. And so I went into um, you know, other kinds of dancing. But I, I did work for maybe 10 years in different um, contemporary dance companies in Canada, contemporary and jazz and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, now, like, watching you then and always, I was like, I could tell, and I'm like, why didn't I ever ask her that? Um, so just... I, for me, what was the hardest when I started doing tango was um, – letting go and not being in control over what was going on. So, um, and I mean that in every sense of the word, like psycho psychologically and physically and whatever. And so when I started learning tango in Montreal, it was really, really in fashion to do and that everybody learned to lead and follow. Like, you know, these, these things are, you know, there's cycles of these things. So that, you know, there was even alternative music and, uh, and people were learning both roles, but I quickly realized that if I if I learned to lead, I would not be able to follow because I I'm not I wasn't it wasn't in my nature mm -hmm. to to really be able to be that relaxed to follow. So uh, that's not really your question though, is it? But anyway, no. Yeah, but so. I was going to actually follow up the question since you brought up like the back since you answered the background part was I was going to ask what was the hardest thing about switching from all these like. More... I think this this hardest thing was uh, to um, to relax enough to get in a state that I didn't control my movements in the way uh, with, um, like, I, I don't want to say I have no control over my movements because obviously, you know, I can stand up and stuff. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> you, 
<laughs> giving your body to your leader. But uh, well, a lot of leaders would say I have no freaking balance either, though, eh? Uh, but uh, uh, to be like, I think that was the thing to to really learn how to uh, get in the mindset, how to follow. So that was a big hurdle for me. And yeah, to be able to relax my muscles so that they I could let gravity uh, and uh, and the leader's inertia or energy move like my free leg instead of me placing it somewhere. But I had a mind-opening experience once at, what was that marathon in D.C. called, the one that Anne-Sophie used to organize, the D.C. marathon, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I think, yes, yeah. or the East Coast Tango Marathon or something that was like. <clears throat> I forgot the so, official name she had. I think yeah. it was the D.C. marathon. I think D.C. marathon, you're right. So okay. anyways, not, not one of the first years, but because I probably wasn't there, but, you know, a couple of years into it, I was at a afternoon practica kind of thing and I remember I think I was practicing with Robin oh yeah okay no I'm gonna go backwards here okay so I go to a class and it was those two Turkish guys teaching do you remember oh, yeah. Osan and, um, and Sarkan. Sarkan okay so I get to the class and I'm sitting down it hasn't started yet I'm sitting down leaning against the wall and near me is Robin Thomas and I see Shori doing this movement, like holding on to maybe it was a ballet bar or something, and doing this movement with her leg going up behind her and like almost like hitting her head. And I was like, Robin, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and he says to me, that's a baleo. And I'm like, no, it's not. Okay? Because I had never seen baleos like that, like the linear ones. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I see here in Montreal, we were in our own little world, I guess. Like, I had never seen anything like that before. And so he was arguing with me, saying, "No, that's a baleo," and I'm like, "No!" Like, I could not believe that that was something someone <laughs> would call a baleo. You know, I was taught knees together and the leg kind of circles around. So we get to this practica in the afternoon, or maybe right after that, and there's like nobody there except Shori and Evan, and then me and and Robin. And Evan is leading Shori a baleo like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I stopped them and I said, can you explain this to me? Because I don't know anything about it. Is it like, how do you do it? Whatever. And Evan just interrupted and he said, no, 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 no. It's the leader who leads it. And you see, I can lead a baleo like this or like this or like this or like this or like this. You led like about six different like nuanced baleos. <laughs> no, but this was an eye-opening moment yeah. for me because I had been told up until then that it was the follower who decided on the ornament in the baleo. Yeah. And at that wow. point, no, no. And at that point, I realized that that attitude was stopping my dance from evolving because I wasn't letting leaders who were of that level lead me things that were that nuanced. And that, for me, completely changed things. Completely changed the way I, I thought about how to do things. Wow, it's interesting. I, I, to remark, here in Buenos Aires, there is a big discussion nowadays about that specific subject, about Voleo with V of Victory, or uh -huh. Voleo with V of Boy. 
and it's referred to that discussion as just uh, Carol brought. So interesting. It's so really what are neat. people saying people are divided in the in in how the baleo is interpreted. Yes, exactly. Because, for instance, uh, as a concept of boleo with be the boy, it is the idea of the leader control and lead the boleo and the quality of the movement of the free leg of the follower. Uh, and there is other the ladies. Most now, now the ladies are more in your mindset that you were before. In that meaning that I don't do, I don't let anybody lead my my leg. I do with my leg what I like to do, and they call it boleo with V. Yeah, but you know what? That's, no how acc- that's how accidents happen too, right? Whoa. Because if you're dancing <laughs> with a leader who's, you know, aware of things, then he's leading, might be leading you that baleo in a way that not only goes with the music and what he feels, but is also uh, has to is adapted to the people around us as well, right? Yeah. Well, I'm understanding from this, just to clarify for everyone listening to the boleo with the V is the one that is higher and has a bit more linear feel to it, whereas the boleo with the B is the circular and lower boleo, correct? Uh, nope. Is that it? No? Okay. No. Boleo con B de boy. This really is we, we the boy as a as a original as a Spanish word, uh, Castellano or yes, yes Spanish word, come from the uh, uh, verb boleadora, bole, bolear, which is the concept of boleadora, the guys that the the many many uh, people hunt praise with these two uh, balls and the the line that unify and they launch it. That is with boy with okay, bolear. So Means that. After, after. Yes. Yes, bolear means that I take this element and I throw it. Mm, right? I see. This is, I, I boleo. Bolear with V of victory means the movement of the dancer does with the free leg. I see. Uh, Spanish, that comes from Spain. The, the, if you remember that the, the Spanish dancer, the flamenco dancers, the flamenco dancers they move the legs and they do like an ornamentation with the leg. Mm-hmm. If you can see, you saw any kind of uh, Spanish dancer, and that action is called volear with V. Mm-hmm. It means that the dancer itself has control of the movement of the free leg in any direction and any kind of quality. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean just a straight or round or any anything. It's just the action of move the free leg of the dancer. But that the follower has that uh, has that control, or the leader. The f- that, uh, is the, the, uh, that is the division that the discussion is coming now, because they the, uh, they are noticing that there is many examples where leader can lead something, and the follower decide if they like, if they agree with this movement, so they uh, they match the leading, or if they don't like, if they don't agree with that movement, they don't match that leading. So that is because the followers here, they call it voleo and no longer voleo with B. Yeah. Okay, can or I it say could something be that, uh, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, I heard uh, uh, Veron, who used to spend a lot of time in Montreal, he says v with a V, and he says it comes from tennis. 
from in French it's voler, like to when you hit the tennis ball. <laughs> when you serve, when you serve, voler, voleo, like from tennis. Nobody's saying anything. You so can say no. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing. Processing. It. Pro processing. I'm I'm yes, but it's one one thing. Is comes when the sport volleyball is the same, and and, yeah. and uh, is the action of the of the player moving the leg, but in himself, it's similar to the volleyball of the dancer, the 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 uh, sportman or the lay or the dancer volleya some bo some part of its own body. Instead of the volleyer with V, with B, with boy, it is the action through throw something. Mm. It's a different concept. If that makes and sense, so, so, but so some people say with a V and some with a B, because sometimes you see it written with a V and not with a B. Exactly. That before there was no discussion because we were like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But now that we are talking more deeply about the concept and what is to be a follower today, like this functional what happened today, not what happened like 40 years ago. What happened today <laughs> is that the followers, like the, no, for real, the followers it's now, true, they say, true. no, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like somebody's throwing my leg. Mm -hmm. I thought I, wow. because in before before the men they were taking the lady and say okay I want to boleo your leg <laughs> just you follow Chico, yeah. Chico, do you remember uh, when we would go to Sunderland and take classes with Carlos and Rosa upstairs and he oh he jerked she, I mean I know Marcelo you know you know Carlos and Rosa right yes he, he I took many yeah. years with them, uh, with him yeah I think he almost like. Baleo Chico's spine out of her body. Like, I mean, he took like, the baleo out of me. This is how you me. do a baleo. And he's like, there, there was no way, like, I could add my own, like, my leg was his. There was no, like, voice to me. But that we were was like, a, yeah, we're, we're definitely from a different. That was a completely different generation. Concept of this. Uh... But I totally agree. Like, I feel as a follower, uh, I think women are more present in showing what they like or what they're okay with or not okay with these days than maybe they were in the past in all parts of life, right? Or I also feel like sometimes much more um, uh, as responsible for the dance floor as my partner. So if my partner is throwing my leg up eye and there is no, and I see other people, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like there could be so many other reasons where I decide not to do it. Then there are some leaders who love suspending the boleo in the air, like from 15 years ago. Oh, gross. <laughs> so I will not do it. Those freeze like... things, those freeze things. <laughs> yes. Oh. So I like immediately come back. Like, I'm like, I don't want to stop here. Please don't need this. Um, so I don't know. I'm, all, I'm, fascinated, I'm fascinated to hear leaders talk about followers because I don't really lead. So, well, the few, I mean, I can kind of lead, but anytime I try to lead, I find the followers either, maybe they just think I can't because they don't follow me. Like it, it drives me nuts. Like I, if I lead, I'd like to be able to lead. And I feel like they kind of go away from me and I have to follow them. So I find it kind of irritating, but maybe <laughs> Maybe. The story of my life, Carol, the story of my life. 
know. James and Marcelo like, I, and I are just sitting here going, "Yeah, I, we, we get this." Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's That's the same work. I think it's the same work on either side, with just a lot more finesse on the follower side. You know, like I like agree. like I, I think that that leaders really need to develop the skills of being able to clearly lead a, a whole variety of different scales of of baleo from rebote to full-on you know kick you in the face kind of baleo uh and and leaders at the same time the other 50 percent is that they need to learn to react very gracefully to other interpretations, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever that might be, you know, and I think the same is really true, like 50-50 for followers. I think, you know, you, you need, and I started following and leading on the same, in the same week, you know, when I started, because that's just how it was done uh, with Alberto Toledano and that whole uh, line of teaching, you know, so I, I've been, I've been working on both parts the whole time, you know, and I just feel like 50-50 for the followers. Like you, you really have to uh, learn how to really listen and dial in and, and, and tap into exactly what uh, your very clear partner is asking of you. And you also have to be able to express your own interest in the dance without, without it being uh, total chaos, you know, while, while taking care of the embrace. So. And it's a really nice communication when you're able to communicate in that level versus like always having one kind of a response, right? How are you today? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Next day, how are you today? Good. Like it gets boring after a while. So as a follower too, like for me, I would like to be able to interpret the way he's suggesting it and mm -hmm. would only oppose. Whoops. I lost. Can anybody hear anybody? Hello. Can you, can uh, you did hear you me? guys hear that? Can I lost you. Go, we lost you. Oh. No, we lost you. Um, we lost you, Chico. We were oh, like literally pay attention. And <laughs> <laughs> you said you'd really like to be able to interpret the variety that he might offer, and then only maybe uh, decide not to do it that way in the moment, not because it's not a choice but it's the only way i can do is one way of doing it you know what i mean uh, it's nice to be able to have the tools and then make decisions based on the floor the partner the music uh, and that's that a lot happens. of practice man that's a lot of practice well that yeah. makes me think of what you just said james about how you want as a leader you know one's goal is to become as clear as possible and deliberate as possible because then you can develop a trust between your partner so that she or he, whoever's following you, will know, uh, will trust you enough to know when you're intentionally not doing that yes, <laughs> instead of yes. thinking you're just lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and then you can create a dialogue that's completely at another level because then you guys understand, okay, he knows what he's doing. She knows what she's doing. We're going to play off each other and it's going to be free, but at the same time with within that freedom, of course, there's just a tremendous amount of structure. Rather than yeah. just two people ignorantly just going out there messing around and sort of not knowing what the hell's going on the whole time, well, like a lot of the way me. people live their lives every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Adam was amazing. What you just said. I don't know. What are you drinking? That was amazing. Really good. He's just water, baby. Water. 
<laughs> you could I'm have water more the, often, Adam. Last night. <laughs> well, also, like, it, the, that's what you said reminds me of some of our practices where we would work on the nuances of baleos. And we're like, okay, now I'm leading that. And I'm like, and I'm doing the other one. I'm like, really? I thought you really led that one. And there is, like... It needs to be so consistent in the exchange for a while that you're able to read each other. The story of my life Before again. You can start <laughs> changing that process. But, but with me, it really got to the point where I was, and I, I'm not saying this is good or bad, but that I was so much like into just absorbing and reacting to the energy of the other person that if I added too much energy to a baleo, I would always spontaneously apologize. Hmm. Oh. 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 Well, I'm from Canada. We say sorry a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you apologize when you true? called in. Did I? Sorry, guys, I'm here. Sorry, I'm here on the show. I'm your guest. I apologize for that. Hey, this is uh, sorry, Krista Rodriguez me. here. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi, Krista. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes, very clearly. I, I've just been listening in and I wanted to weigh in here a little bit. Uh, I, I really... love your mustache. I oh, love your name, I've been trying to grow it for years, so it's, it's been a journey. It's doing well. I'm surprised it's growing red instead of black. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to weigh in a little bit as someone who I, I identify like pretty equally as a leader and as a follower. I, I've been primarily leading here in Santa Fe the last four years. Uh, I've lived here and pretty much focused on studying that role. And so I, I as, as someone who I think has a like good perspective on, on the leading and the following, it's like I, I love hearing about this in Buenos Aires about, you know, those that are following just not choosing to do a baleo if, if they don't feel like it. Hmm. You know, that's so amazing. Um, but then on the other hand, it's also so beautiful to, you know, have like that perfect lead at the perfect time and to sink into it and, and to really, uh, and you know, reciprocated and, and add to it and really uh, appreciate what the leader has done there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, in my experience, it's really hard to lead Baleos. <laughs> it's, that, it's really it's, hard. And story of my life again. <laughs> it's yeah. when you're, a, you know, a particularly petite too, like mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, people who are following you, uh, they don't believe that you can really hold them up. So they'll yeah. like freak out and they won't do it. Uh, um, or they'll just do something weird and then totally weigh down on you really hard. Mm -hmm. and and then apologize for it um, <laughs> i know i know um, you know so i find i only really lead baleos with you know people who i know who can follow me you know unless i'm at a practica and that's what we're working on of well course. i was just going to yeah. say that isn't it like if i think the most frustrating is moments are when you're practicing it and that 
you're trying to learn all these variety of it. And, and if you're working with someone that does not reciprocate, like that communication, like if that's failing, like you can't sometimes tell, am I actually offering different ideas or am I just offering the same idea over and over again? Why isn't this translating in any way? Um, I think, um, well, me, I was talking, you know, we started talking about Baleos, but then I was talking about following, I was talking about not just Baleos, but if, if we go, if we go back to Baleos, I think sometimes when we're practicing, you know, because, uh, well, for me, this is for me, if I'm practicing as a follower, if I, if I know too much what we're doing, I don't respond to the movement or the lead the way I would normally if I didn't know what was going on. Hmm. So it probably doesn't feel as good, I would think. No? Do you feel that too, Krista, when you're practicing? Does that happen to you? Like if you guys are repeating something over and over again, that's what I'm understanding, Carol, correctly. Yeah, but it's hard. Like maybe to the do first it. two times he leads it, it works fine or somewhat works better. And then the more that you continue repeating it, starts failing sort of more miserably in a way well like i remember like exactly when we were starting to learn here in montreal which is probably years after you guys but those inline baleos you know the baleos where you remember the ones where you would yeah the linear baleos yeah yeah the linear mm -hmm. one that was like a like a like a like a sweep behind you right mm -hmm. i like, love oh, this wait. one you Me know too. the one i mean right and yes. it always could often be sort of a little bit off axis, you know? Yeah. Can be. Yes. Yeah, totally. yeah. Can be, yes. It can be. Yes. Well, I remember practicing with Mireille. We would practice and practice and practice. And it was like, you know, you could do it 50 times. And there was like one time that felt like we'd done it the right way. It was super hard. <laughs> yeah, hard that's the Baleo in, in a nutshell. Like, I've... I also feel like depending on who you're practicing with and where they're coming from, like I know Gabby Mataloni, who was just on the show a few weeks ago, she was up in New York a while ago and we were working on boleos and she's like, well, now we're doing them differently. And I'm like, motherfuckers, can you guys just kick, <laughs> stick to the program here? Now I got to learn this shit again. And I, but it was fun because like they were refining what they were doing and, 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 um, and I, I, after I got getting over my initial frustration, I enjoyed playing around with it but it was like we're not going to go counter anymore we're only going to go like this and the baleo oh, is led on. from the previous step like a lot of things that are still consistent with how we teach or how we do them but it's still the same shit it's just described differently i'm sorry i think it's still the same shit it's just been <laughs> sorry described i'm yeah, sorry yeah, it's just right. described differently to confuse the shit out of you um you're probably right it's what just the where, where the intention it? is is a little different, maybe. That's it. Huh? What's, the you say, first, what's the first kind of baleo you learned? Do you remember? I learned the Robin Thomas baleo. What's that? That's when you you do side together, change weight to go into cross system. So you do like side together left, and then you lead one ocho, and then you pivot her, and then you take a right step around her. And That's it's a bad sort of like a, it's a back circular boleo but taught but led in more of like an old man style like where it's like voleo <laughs> not not with the b so so the the second ocho the second the second one is instead of being lateral is around is that it 
Yes. So your your first one is linear bakocho yeah. on her left foot, and then she's yeah. actually going to stay on the left foot and pivot. And yeah, I think it's just the one ocho and then a pivot. Yeah. So it's the right leg doing the boleo. That's rarer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What? Like a good steak. <laughs> I mean, that's what right, was like all the rage right back in 2003 or 4 sounds, when I started. Right leg doing the balea sounds more normal to me. Really? It's more rare? I learned I doing the balea. On, on the leader. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, less leaders do that one than the other one. Wow. I Don't you find like you get about stuck on one. your red, your right leg most of the dance when you get a cramp? Yeah, but I always feel stronger on my left, regardless. <laughs> Which is so strange. What were you going to say? So you're a natural leader, Chico. You're a natural. I leader. am. Well, I'm a lifty when I throw a baseball bat. Apparently, too, I am a leader that way. As why well. are you throwing? Why are you throwing the baseball bat? That's <laughs> I get so pissed, I throw the baseball bat. <laughs> She's got the sport backwards, guys. She swings the ball and throws the bat. Well, interesting. She's got their own style. You know? That's my kind of ballet, okay? I, 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 learned, I learned it in a more archaic way. It was, you need to, uh, you need to hold the lady really tight to your chest. And then you need to do a, an apertura, a side steps, and then shake it vigorously so she knows <laughs> that it's a boleo. That's a Carlito boleo. Rosa and Carlito. That's that is video. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I found a video recently, like just like in my stuff, like not online, of Pablo, Pablo Pugliese and Noel here in Montreal him imitating how his dad did baleos like in the kitchen one night and we were dying laughing but i think it was that kind of baleo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hold her you embrace her like you, you let her know that she will she will be shaken because you're going to hold her stronger so you sidestep and then you you move your chest in a way that you're like 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 moving something really heavy to change the direction and then you come back and she knows that it's a baleo that's the way that i learned Wow. I How still can't leave the linear to save my life. Oh, James and same. Krista. It was the same. It was uh, the, uh, now we call it the grandma baleo, which I think should be a good thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> if I do that today, <laughs> I will be killed. Yeah. But, you know but, but it was a stiff frame, you know, when I learned. And then uh, we had some forever tango uh people come into town uh and i was I, I was still 16 and i learned i think from carlos and alicia i think i learned the what you're talking about the more stiff frame shock i'm imitating it now with my body but you can't see that <laughs> uh, we can hear it yeah and, and voice I, and i remember these forever tango uh stars came into town uh and they, you know, I danced with them and uh, they did like three baleos for every one I led. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I, I was, I was very confused, but then uh, uh, Cecilia 
Gonzalez and and Fabian Salas, and then uh, a couple weeks later, Chicho, and I think his first trip out, the counter in, into the, into say. the world, out into the world. They 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 came around, and they this was a couple years later, and uh, there was all of this sort of like natural physics and all of this stuff going on mm-hmm. with the Baleos, and, and it was very very cool and. Uh, and and getting really relaxed with it and and dancing. I remember the natural stuff. I love that. The natural <laughs> stuff. I remember. Yeah. I, I have a Chico. Relax, just relax. Chico, do you remember when we were working? A lot? One of my favorite teachers is Andres Amarillo because his attention to technique hmm. is like really, um, what's the word? It's useful. Very, like it, it, uh... I've. I, well, this experience, like we were, she, we were working on baleos, and Chico's trying to figure out how to get her leg higher, and and all this and that, and uh, he was like, "Oh, instead of pivoting, don't pivot." Oh wait, wait, and, wait! After this, I have to say something. Yes. And then, <laughs> so, and it was like he just sort of like nonchalantly was like, "Oh, because you're trying too hard, basically." You yeah, know, he was don't like, pivot and pivoting. let the leg go. And, and I led the baleo, changed. and I kicked me in the shoulder. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) It literally elevated like six inches with just a minor little tweak, and it was so amazing. And I never got it again. (laughs) (laughs) I never let it that well again. That's probably why. He also changed your position slightly. Like instead of keeping you in the 180 line, he took you to a 270 line, I think, to open the space for my hip. I think I went behind you more. good. Yeah. 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 Okay, I have a... So, Carol, what were you going to say? I do have a, a Baleo that is like kind of a favorite of mine that not that many leaders lead. And I like it because it's always comes from a it's a, it's unex, quite unexpected. It's a Baleo that doesn't come from a pivot, but comes from a step. So it hmm. usually like a, either like a side step or a back, let's say a back step. And then they lead you. And what happens is... I don't know, it doesn't feel painful or anything, but the frame is solid enough that they lead you and your free leg kind of does like as if you imagine you put your knee be- behind you and it does a loop-de-loop, but your, uh-huh. but your supporting leg does not pivot at all. Hmm. Yeah, and you're body-to-body, correct? Uh, not, you mean close? Yeah. It, not necessarily. But it, but probably most of the time. Do you, do you guys know what I mean? I think so. I'm having trouble. Yeah. James, you know I what I mean? I think so. I do. Like you, I do. You lead me back, and it's got it's got a bit of a sensation of like a linear boleo in the sense that there's a, mm. a a lead of the free leg, but you don't end up being led to pivot. But your free leg kind of whips in a. Yeah. In a in a whip a tight whip with the knees together usually and you oh, end up stepping right. forward okay. like a windmill. Yes, is the, the is, I think it's the same one that I was taught before, but more gentle in more civilized way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I probably. But I like it. I like it because it's 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 just one of those steps where you go, oh yeah, some no one's done that in a long time, kind of thing. You know, it's one of those ones where you go, oh yeah. Well, yeah. it also feels. It, because it doesn't, yeah, it's an accent, and because it doesn't have the pivot, it really feels like electric current through your body more without it like being lost through the pivot. 
in a way. It's just like goes in. And well, and it, and it's surprising because you you're yeah. you're ast- you're astonished with yourself that you ended up doing that thing <laughs> with your leg. <laughs> Guys, I don't think that is a good marketing way to say that. Dance tango, and you're going to feel electric things in your body. That doesn't sound like really like selling. I don't think well. she meant it in a bad way. <laughs> Yeah, what what crowd will that attract? That's the question. You know, that's that, I think that that's is a true. Crowd. I think <laughs> I think that might uh, is it the left huggers or the right huggers will be more intrigued by that. I think it's. What, can you remind even, me this even. hugger thing we were talking about this last week? I think well, it's instead the of right calling arm, calling uh, the yeah, we, we no, it's. So go ahead, James. Oh, in terms of what to call, I see. Yeah, I remember we're, now. We're more balanced, right? Without right, hugger, without such an assumption on one side or the other. So instead of being a leader a, or a follower. Yeah. Yeah, the I remember right, now. Right yeah. hugger and the left hugger. Ah, yes, that is something that is coming. Yeah, sure. So here is a question for me for that. When we say left hugger. Is it the left arm that goes around the ribs, or is it the left arm that's holding the hand? No, the left arm. We didn't arm determine that. We, yeah, yeah. The we, we, could that's say, we could say the right under hugger and the left over hugger. <laughs> if you Wait, want. What? What? No, Essentially, no, no. the one, no, the yeah. one the leading is doing the right hugging. The one, the arm that's doing a hugging, basically, not a the handshake. Right, the leader that's right. is the doing right, the right. The right hugger, hugger is what we. I've been calling the leader for the last 25 years. Yes. What we called, yeah, the, the exactly. man or whatever the fuck. The, the and before of that, we call it the man. <laughs> man, <laughs> artist. And... I, I just don't That's think... Now we call it it. I don't I, think people should get so upset about the words. But that's... <laughs> well, yeah, I think we all agree about that. Yes, I agree with that too. What I, what, I, well, I will replace the point of functional... Functional is in that time in the when the people were calling men and female woman and I remember that like okay men decide woman decide that was functional in that time then leader and follower more functional for the time that we learned but one of the people who are going to take lesson now we need they will need, they will need a new functional word for sure. I I found hey this is Krista again. Hello. Um, Hello. That it was, uh, it was. In, it's really important to um, the uh, you know community that you know the words man and woman can really mean a lot to someone who's trying to change identities. And in working in San Francisco a lot a few years ago, um, you know, uh, they were definitely. I was told boycotting classes that were using the words man and woman. That, um, that I understand totally, I, but I haven't been in a class where people say man and woman in a long time, but I'm, I'm okay with leader and follower, though that seems to be causing issues for people these days. Well, I always thought leader and follower is a problem because it makes the follower assume that it's a passive role. But that not that the follower's fault if she's assuming it's a passive role? Like... I don't feel inferior being a follower. No, I don't either, yes. but I think it takes them a little longer to understand that the word follower doesn't necessarily mean follower. 
It doesn't mean obedient. Yeah, exactly. But if you're coming from a culture where you're more submissive and though you're hearing the word follower, your understanding of the first impression of the dance, unless you're really openly taught about it, is going to be around the meaning of the word follower. But like, just consider some of the feedback we've gotten as teachers where not all the time, but on occasion a student will say, well, I just follow. You know, like when you ask a question or you say, what are you, you know, what are you feeling in the music? What do you dance? Oh, I don't think about that. I just follow. And it's like, well, that's lending itself there to being like a very passive role. But do you mm -hmm. think that's what they really, do you think that that's what they really mean? Do you think they mean that they're being passive or that they're just, do, do, I think they're being uh, passive. I mean, yeah. I would, I don't know. Case by case is obviously I think a lot but... of them do. Uh, really, I, I like, agree. A lot of, of them, a lot of them do take on the kind of like followers, like I'm, I'm kind of just a follower. Uh, Yes, yes, I agree. With, I would, I, now that I am working with more young people, and they, it's hard to make them understand what follow would mean because it's hard for, because they don't, they are not in the language, normal language used this concept of follower, because it, these these young thirty under, I'm talking about thirty under, they are already they are taking the decision what they want to wear, they want to, they don't want to follow anything. They are like so the concept of followers they co comes not functional for what they are living day to day, if that makes sense. It doesn't matter if a girl or boy is, the world itself is not functional for the day to day long language, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like what you were saying last week, you said like one of your students said, oh, so you're saying I'm decoding. Like, yes, that was, that was actually. Which is like the part of more modern way of interpreting that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Coming back with, I don't remember the, the, the James version of Lady that she said. And, and I was in San Francisco, actually, and I was trying to explain what do I want to say about the concept of following without going to the path like Adam saying, like we pass it and just uh, receiving information. And she was, no, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I understand. And so what I need to do is take the information, interpret, and give a feedback back according to what I understand. Ah, yes, yes, exactly. Ah, this is the coding, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. the very first day of an absolutely beginning class, um, we, uh, well, this is James's idea is to teach the, the followers or those doing the followers role to back lead. And we usually refer those doing the followers role or those doing the leader's role. Like you're not a leader or you're not a follower necessarily. It's just that you're doing those things, mm -hmm. but it doesn't right. necessarily, you know, matter whether you're a left hugger or right hugger or whatever, um, you know, you're, doing both of those things at the same time, whether you know it or not. And, you know, uh, usually our goal by starting it from the very first day is just to make everybody aware of that fact, yeah. that they have a huge influence on the dance, no matter what role they're doing. Uh, and that's just mm -hmm. kind of the way it always is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's something interesting as a, a friend of mine that she's teaching here in Argentina, and, and she's, we are talking about this, and she noticed that uh, if you go in the path that uh, James and the partner was saying, they create a very much interesting dialogue between the whatever they choose the role is. So there is more of a role feedback. There is no like, oh, I lead you that, and you didn't do it, this kind of dialogue is more about oh oh what did you feel i feel that also oh, so if i if i do this what do you feel so there is more like feedback loop between the two uh, person that they're dancing in this moment it's really interesting just changing the concept create as well the dialogue between the, the partners yeah yeah and when and when both people dancing are, are dialoguing and contributing then i think the learning curve itself so much faster like smaller because we're we're not like trying to assume this role of a leader and what does that mean and then oh i'm following so should i do this or should i not and it's more like no we're both here creating something in our bodies with each other um i think when we look at it like that it, it allows for us to to, to approach it more naturally because that's how we approach most things you know yeah and we're both listening. Like to me, that listening factor—it's just like has such a heavy burden on the followers. Unless you're taught a certain way, like the followers feel like they need to be listening, and the leaders like they need to be speaking and suggesting. But it gets so missed at the beginning as a leader how much you need to be listening all the time. Like yeah, that definitely. whole communication is based on both partners so carefully listening and reacting to one another. Um, yeah, and I think, anyway. Certainly for me to feel like a good leader at a Milonga, I am following like most of the time. Definitely. Um, mm -hmm. when, when I'm leading, you know, when I'm like, what is it? The left hugger, or the right hugger, the right left hugger, the left the... hugger. <laughs> no, I got confused too. Now when you're the right hugger. When I'm the right hugger and I'm at a Milonga, you know, I feel like I am following most of the time. You know, I'm shorter than everyone. I at a packed, I, I can't see around me. Um, and my focus goes all over the place. And so I'm just listening to the, what my partner's doing and yeah. then, you know, just kind of go with it because, you know, in the end I find if I try to control it too much, it's not fun for them either. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the kind of little, like, I don't know, whatever you want to call like hiccups kind of happen, you know, when you're dancing at the Milonga, you know, little inconsistencies is when, you know, I'm not listening enough and I'm too into what I'm doing or I want to do. Maybe it's yeah. educational or not. I don't know. I could have we had a I class know. recently where we had, we showed the pattern, like maybe the eight count basic, something super simple. And we said, okay, ladies, or followers, whatever, you're going to be the music. You're going to determine the musicality of how this is going to go. So the, the, the step is the step, all right? But you're going to determine... Every beat, every other beat, when you want to slow down, when you want to speed up. And and then the leaders are just going to like guide you through the pattern, but at your speed, essentially. And at the end of the, the, the experiment or whatever, we asked all the, all the leaders in the room, like, guys, what do you think? And everybody was like, that made it so much more easy to lead because all I had to do was like let her move herself the way she feels the music mm -hmm. instead of forcing it. 
And all the shit he had to really do fun. was navigate. Oh my lord, you're going to make me cry. Oh, it's beautiful, guys. Because I can tell my experience, this is something that I, I learned through the sensation when I danced with the old milongueras. I don't know if, James, you remember that, when they, all the elite milongueras, they, they give me the beat, what they, what they wanted to do like, when I was dancing with them. It's like, okay, dude, this is what I hear in. Lead me wherever you want to lead me, but this is the timing that I want to go. Mm. And it's so much easier, my Lord. Yeah. And this is how yeah. we, we, I dance milonga beautifully. That is because nice. I'm just, yeah. Thanks. So do you guys, or maybe this is because I'm not as good a leader at, like you guys, that I do love following and listening to her proposals, but then I also love the moments where I say, okay, now, like, tune into me. Where, like, mm. it's the, it's that, it's uh, so that the roles aren't always one way. But I love that moment where I can say, okay, my turn to tell a story. Tune in. You mean, you mean when you're leading? Yeah. Yeah. Or even, I mean, it's the same when I'm following, right? Um I listen and listen and I'm like, okay, now like, and it has to be because I really am so positive of what I'd like to do, but that creating that space for the change of who's listening to what is the critical moment to like, let us stay in sync. I don't know. I love that moment as a leader where, like, I'll take over and I will keep it simple, but I will make sure, like, she's with me. That's the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they uh, do what you want them to do. <laughs> yeah, but not in a forceful way. <laughs> Not in a, no, totally, up. exactly, not in a forceful way. Like, that's the, it's literally the best. It's, like, yeah. one of the best, you know, things to feel, to feel just, like, you're speaking so clearly and they're listening so clearly and it's just uh, mutual. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love this reference. It's, it make me remember what Adam said in the beginning. When the 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 words that the person is going to talk are clear and taught, the storytelling goes smooth, so the other mm -hmm. person can have time to relax and just enjoy the the, the, the storytelling and ask questions about the story that the person is telling, and that is coming mm -hmm. the dialogue. But if the person who is telling the story just to want to force the story or want to doesn't really clear in his head what the per or its, its head what the story will be it's hard to hear a dialogue so I, I like how you word it well mm -hmm. I think that it takes from both people to have a certain amount of confidence in in who they are and what they're what what they are at that moment I mean that doesn't mean in either role as leader or follower that you're not absorbing what the other person and relating to the other person and somewhat either initiating or following or or whatever however you want to say it like it's an it's a dialogue and a conversation the whole time even if one person in is more initiating the ideas and the other one is more absorbing them but perhaps playing on them or whatever yeah. um you know well, it's, it's 
but 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 I think it's pleasant when it's it, yeah, like what you're saying to be clear, a clear being clear about who you are and what you're doing. I don't think it's any different than what we're doing right now here with each other, right? We're giving each other time to state their idea and that's inspiring the next person to take over and add on or maybe lead mm -hmm. it, lead the conversation to a different direction. And then if you want to come back to where you were, then you take over when the opportunity is there and it just goes back and forth instead of just one of us speaking the whole time and all of the others are nodding their head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> From here on, I'm going to talk, guys. Just saying, we, we were supposedly to the five question of the... Oh, uh, Carol, right? We went completely out of the script. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, after, after, my, question after, two. after my scar belly button thing, they, they were like, we're not asking her more questions. <laughs> well, we, we got to SFTX. We got oh, yeah. to... I think we did question two and three. But, did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I asked you about your background and then like the difficulties oh, yeah. of the switch and then we got into Well, balletos. I'm curious about Studio Tango. Yeah. So when I met you, when Chico and I met you, you had the space uh, in the Old Town area, right? Yeah. It was in Montreal. Nice. And then... Yeah. Huh? The building Montreal. got sold. And, uh... The building got sold. That's why we had to leave there. And who were you? Who was involved in running that school? You in the and... in the beginning, it was myself and this guy Bobby. Did you do you guys know Bobby? I've heard about yeah. Bobby. I've never met him. I love Bobby. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, nice, remember him. Nice guy, and um, uh, someone I knew from from my dance background. We worked in the same uh, dance company at one point. And Bobby, if you guys don't know, is actually a fantastic. Um, flamenco dancer oh. and um that just happened this one we'd been kind of working for this other place called graffiti tango and um anyways without going into that whole story uh bobby was off in spain he'd gotten some grant and he was studying and i don't know where i was but uh we had this idea to rent a space because we had a few little contracts together like you know commercial kind of contracts and it was costing money to keep renting studio space and we, we found this space that was, at the time the, was not the studio you guys know. There was another one just before that. And it cost us, I think it was $600 a month or something like that. And that's how we opened. It was just because, okay, now we have this space. We might as well do something. And then we moved to the one in the old city. Uh, it was, it's in the part of Montreal that's called the Old Port. And... Um, I loved that space. It was nice. Like, I don't know if you guys remember. Do you guys remember the floor? It was these square pieces of wood that Bobby and some of his friends, they had built the floor by, like, it was all tongue and groove, uh, sort of finished uh, birch plywood. I don't know if you remember that. Ooh, but instead of being, like, hardwood, like, like uh, lines, it was t square tiles that were, mm -hmm. like, about two <laughs> feet by two feet. So it was super smooth. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. It was such a cozy studio. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you moved into the studio with... To Barack and Kristen's Yeah, Barack and... Yeah, exactly. Which so is another really cool place. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what happened there was that the building we were in um, was owned by, there was a restaurant downstairs, an Italian restaurant, and uh, the guys who ran the restaurant, they owned the building, and, and they hadn't put it up for sale, but they got this, like, offer they couldn't refuse, and they sold it. And our lease was kind of, we were in the middle of talking about renewing it. So, you know, they said we couldn't renew it because the new owner was coming in. And so, you know, rents were really expensive and we didn't really know what to do. And, and what happened was that Kristen and Barack had this beautiful space that they weren't really using, like not using to its full capacity. They were, they had a, like the best Malanga on Saturday nights. They had a practice on Mondays and then they were renting it out to some people who did a salsa night on Sundays. So they asked me if we wanted to move our classes uh, to that space. And our Malanga was on Wednesday, so it doesn't really like compete with anything. And uh, so it was a super cool arrangement. Like we, we had our own activities. Uh, the finances were kept separate and everything. Yet it was kind of like being in an artist's kind of commune in the, in the sense that like we could do some projects together. I mean, like Barack and Kristen and me and like it, it's fun to organize something when you, for me anyways, it's fun to organize an event when you're not the only person doing it. So it was fun with them. Like Barack is good at this and Kristen is good at that. And I had my ideas and I, I thought, I thought that was super fun. Like we would organize New Year's Eve or, or think, you know, special things like that. Mm -hmm. And then, but then for different reasons, you know, they left and like he left first and then she left and then, well. Yeah, it is really fun left. to collaborate with people on stuff like that. I and it makes so. it a lot easier too. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, here at the studio, there's, um, you know, it's great. There's, a, there's great teachers, many of them I've known for so many years and it's, I, you couldn't be surrounded by better people kind of thing. But as far as the administration kind of stuff goes, like there's nobody who really wants to do it. And I feel that I kind of, I do it out of obligation and because I want to do a good job, but it would be, it would be more fun to have more collaboration with, with people on like organizing, you know, uh, I don't know, like, like that New Year's Eve thing or, you know, stuff like that. It just would be more, it just would be more fun, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and you also reach out to different crowds, so it makes it, and like the whole thing when there's a group effort that's just such a get-together, like, yeah. together, and I think you can reach out alone. But and... I feel like I have, a, like, a lot of support. Like, if I, I, you know, like I said, I'm surrounded by really good people. I'm in a really great community. Uh, you know, there's, like, problems, like, anywhere, but generally Montreal is a nice place to, to be, um, you know, I, I certainly can't complain, but sometimes I wonder if like, I'm not, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, you've been doing it so long and whatever. And sometimes I just think I'm the only one who's had stamina to stay is the only thing. It's not like something to be congratulated on. It's just like, I never left and did anything else is all. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we thankful yeah, for that. We thankful for that. Carol, one of the best. Making it... <laughs> Sorry, Marcelo, go for it. I need to say that uh, one of the best events that I ever been was when out of the blue, Carol organized an after marathon. I think, I don't remember which oh, marathon was it. I remember. It was. Oh, my Lord. That was so okay. much fun. 
Okay, Chico, you've come to Abrazo, but I don't think it was that year. Abrazo is the one I that's in to... November. You've came yeah, I came once. to it a few times. I came to the first year where <gasps> the it was first in that year boxing. Was great. Arena, the first year was place. in that boxing place, right? Yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. And, I love that place. And then I liked the last place too, which was like on the same, like a block away from where Tango Fabrica used to be. Um, because it's just such an easy location. Oh, yeah, but that's not the last one. But actually, I know which one you mean. The one that the upstairs from the Rialto Theater. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not the uh, last one. A couple of years ago, I was one, there. Not the last one, because Marcelo came to the last one, and that was in a really nice place, too, eh, Marcelo? Mm. The one this last yeah, year? Yeah, I came, I, I, came, I came like three, four times, but I remember, I remember that event. That yeah. It was the first time I didn't, I don't remember how we started, how we finished. I don't remember nothing. I just remember ah. the sensation like somebody killed me now. This is awesome. I don't know. Okay, yeah. so what, what happened was normally, okay, the first year when you would have come Chico, like they could really do it like a marathon in the sense because it was in that boxing thing. It could go really uh -huh. late at night. But when they switched into the other one that was in that room above the Rialto Theater, it's a bar. And bars in Montreal must close at 3 a.m., even if you're not oh, serving true. alcohol anymore. So they, that place was particularly strict about it, and it had to end. So some of the years, they did it on the weekend that the time changes. So that would give you an extra I hour. See. I love but there that. was this one year that they didn't do it on that weekend. And they had done a thing where like the afternoon, you know, when you, you have a long, I have a marathon and there's like a break for dinner, but like uh -huh. they did it so that the afternoon Malanga went really late. So then the evening one, instead of starting it at nine, they started it at 10 and you know the way you start something at 10 in Montreal nobody ever comes to anything on time so if you're starting it at 10 people aren't going to come till after midnight so what happened was they had started it really late people came even really late and then the Malanga ended or was ending and people had felt like they had just got there so someone at my table I don't remember who it was had been buying like gin and tonics for everybody and I got up to leave and I was holding my keys in my hand and someone at the table said oh geez if only there's somewhere we could go now and I said well we can <laughs> well where and I'm like I've got the keys in my hand and we just sort of made an announcement if anybody wanted to continue I would open it wasn't that far away and I think Marcelo how many people were we maybe seven no. or something like that Yes, was a bunch of people, and everybody was. Can you imagine, like a bunch of people going out of the Milonga, screaming for taxis, Ubers, and everybody <laughs> trying to find out the way to Carol's place? It was so hilarious. And then what happened awesome. was, I had, I had DJed in the afternoon or something like that. And I had brought my computer home, so I didn't have it at the studio. The only person who had music was poor Milton, who just finished DJing. So he had to continue. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he had to continue, and I don't really know how late we went. And at one point, uh, you know, I was like, okay, if we lock all the doors and close the curtains, I could bring out alcohol. I don't know if you remember that. So I yes, I do. That's why I don't remember much because I remember yeah. stuff to drink and, and so go somebody on. made like a pot with a suggested amount, and uh, we brought out like I think beer and wine and a bottle of scotch and vodka and 
It was wow. a nice party. Yeah. Tango after parties, man. They're the best. They are. Yeah. And I don't the best. finally have fun. Milton probably didn't mind DJing it because no matter what he played, he would have been a hit. Yes, he, he went, story. he was crazy and he was dancing too, but at the same time, that was like perfect timing of everything. Carol had the key, her, Milton was wanted to keep DJing and have the computer and then the alcohol and was well, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I fun. think I remember that night you guys deciding, I think I was there that year. Was that the last one you said? No, right? No, it's a few years ago. A few years like, ago. Because I think that was the one I was there. Everybody was like, you coming, you coming. And I was like so tired. And then next day I heard all these stories. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I swear, I don't remember what time I went to bed. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you never did. <laughs> I think we had to finish it because... Poor Milton was like really tired, like probably five. Yeah, I, I yes, I think that was that. Yeah, because how's uh, the wife of Milton? I don't remember that. Yes, she was uh, like Corinne. Corinne, yeah. And I don't know if you remember that it was Halloween weekend. I think so. Milton had had been dressed. I think like uh, what's the name of the wizardy person from? What's the film from? Okay, you guys are gonna think I'm an idiot, but what's? No, uh, this is uh, Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. Okay, and he that person has a staff, right? Yeah. Well, he left it here, Ugh. and then and then like for like years he kept coming back, and I'm like, okay, don't forget your staff, and he kept forgetting it. I think he finally recuperated it this last New Year's. Hmm. <laughs> yes, here is it. We won. Yes, it's true. We won was there. She re do you remember we won? I don't remember that. Thank you for helping. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. So, guys, James or Marcelo, you have a question for Carol or anyone in the audience? We're going to wrap it up soon. I'm starving. <laughs> we've, done, we've done question four, so we just need one more. <laughs> yes, I have a question, Carol. Yeah. yeah. Because you host so many teachers, so many uh, amazing uh, uh, instructors. What, is, what was the most challenging thing to organize so many amazing people in Montreal? The challenge, in, in what way do you mean challenging? Like, what was the kind of, like challenging in, in, in how to do it or challenging in like the most challenging person who was difficult or no personality wise because you need to deal with so oh. many different personalities and <laughs> yes this yeah, is yeah. The dirt. he wants the dirt come on give us the dirt well i think in majority <laughs> i think in majority the people that we hosted or i hosted or whatever uh are relatively young and easygoing and they're the type of people that you can hand them a bus ticket and say there's the bus and you catch it there kind of thing mm -hmm. no like that you know what i mean like uh, we didn't i never had to i never had to organize anything as far as i can remember right now for like you know older people that i felt had to put them in a hotel and something super nice or anything like that like it was all like kind of people that i i know who are more or less like easygoing and 
Does that sound bad? No, you're basically choosing, like, you're organizing people, people you, you like. know. Yeah, yeah but like, I think it's, it's also sort like of they would ask me, like they would ask me like, oh, you know, and I'd say, okay, well, not this time, maybe that time or whatever. And it was, I, I don't remember ever, like, the only time I ever had anything to do with like, really, I think, inviting people to do something at a particular time was for that Bilongo festival that I organized with Mathieu. And for those, you have to like debate and think, who will we have? And we have to have three couples and the three couples have to be different because you want them to attract different people. And though that's more headachey. But for people like, you know, I don't know, Cecilia or Pablo Veron or whatever, they usually just wrote me and said, hey, I'm coming this time. Does that work? And it's like either yes or no. And, and, and that's it. So, Adam, that's what we're doing next time. We want to go to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carol, we're coming to Montreal. When is a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, James came here a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I love Montreal. I um, love it. Do you remember, James? I think you were here this one time. I'm not sure which time. Maybe you had come to hang out and perform with Cecilia or something like that? Sounds likely. And then we all went, <laughs> wait, and we went to a malonga, and at the malonga there was Pulpo and Veron. Do you remember that? Pulpo and Veron? I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow, I can't imagine those two characters in the same room. Oh, they were Maybe. Oh, no, 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 it's coming back. They Maybe. were drinking yeah. at the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't dancing. They didn't ask no, anybody no. to dance, I don't think. They were just hanging, standing there drinking. No. Yeah. But I, I remember the best three-person tango choreography that I've ever seen or experienced because there, I might have seen some one that, that, is, that, is, that is better and I, I, I didn't really get it or whatever. But the, the very best three-person tango choreography that I can recall and process and contemplate in my mind was you and Noel and Veron Veron doing Eje de los Bajo Fondo. Yeah. And you you guys, yeah, and you guys were like... How did you see that? I was there... And you, you did a, a kind of like, after three weeks of working on it, according to Veron. <laughs> you, oh, it probably was a longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You guys, I think, you guys I, it, was, it was so beautiful. It was, yeah. so, it was so fantastic and complex. And, and I, I just remember being in absolute heaven watching you guys. And you were all in, you were all in sneakers and you were – you were like just doing this thing at the studio, and uh, oh, were we practicing? Yeah, were you we... were pra- you were practicing Man, I through it. See this? Oh no, it was, it's, it was it's impossible to see it, Chico. It's like I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, he filmed it, and then it was on. You know, what are one of those European systems like PAL or you remember in video yeah, games? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Nobody changed it, and. Uh, you know, it's like one of those stories. But I saw a photo from it the other day because we had performed it a couple times. And I saw a photo. And you look at the photo and I thought when I was looking at it that I was looking at a photo of Pablo dancing with Noel, but that the um, 
what do you call it when you take a photo and when we used to take photos with film and the, you know, you sometimes you see something double. What's it called? Do you know what I mean? Like the, oh shoot, I can't even talk. Getting drunk. <laughs> so you know when like the exposure's off and you see something like the shadow of something so i'm looking yeah. at this photo i'm going oh that's so interesting or the time like it you know what you oh it kicked me off me too I'm adam also, i think adam Hello? what Hello? <laughs> why, can, why, why did you kick her off <laughs> Well, uh, there we go. Adam's been Adam is kicked off the show. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> now we can do, now we can do whatever we want. Perfect. Justice, yeah. justice. Somehow, finally, somehow the computer kicked kicked me off. So I'm calling in from my phone now. But how do you join? I thought you have to accept people. Ah, Adam, because he came in. He, I can still use the out. I just can't. I can't connect through um, the computer, but Carol got yeah. off, so we, we need to get her back. So I'm going to disconnect Marcella for a minute so that Carol Dale. can call back, and then we'll finish up. Carol, Sacrificial Marcello. <laughs> Sacrificial Marcello. So, Sorry, okay. Carol. So I just thought none of you were, like, listening to me. and <laughs> So what I was no, saying we was... Do you guys remember that when you used to go and get film developed, that sometimes you could, it would happen a freaky thing where it would be two pictures in the same image? No? Yeah. Yeah, I understand yeah. what you mean. It's, okay, okay. It's so I just saw a photo delay, the other yeah. day and, and I thought, oh, uh, it's Pablo dancing with Noel and how weird you see her twice. And then I realized it was me. So it's the two <laughs> But anyways, what I want to say is we rehearsed, we practiced that thing for hundreds of hours. We would go to his loft and we would start at about like five or something in the middle of the day or late in the day. And we would go out, we would finish at 11 or midnight and he would take us out for Chinese food or to a Greek restaurant. And we would, it was so much fun doing that, just researching it all and studying how to do it because... For those of you, well, it's only James is the only person who saw it, but he was actually leading us both at the same time, but like one turning around in one way and the other one doing the other way. So it would be like a turn, but with soltadas and stuff. And it was really, uh, it was really intricately, um, it was done in a really organic way too. It wasn't like, it sounds super cheesy what I'm saying, but it wasn't like that. I asked, I, asked him about his, 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 I asked him about his process uh, with the choreography uh, 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 that week or whatever. And uh, that's basically what he described, that it was oh, yeah. pretty organic and, and that he wanted to try to leave, that his main goal was to try to, that everything was communicated. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, not, that, that nothing in the choreography was was just memorized and, and danced out, but everything was tango communicated. Yeah, which like was remarkable. Yeah, obviously it was set. You know, like it was set. Uh, there was no real like improvising, but everything was led. You know, it was and uh, yeah. um, and then there's parts you know that we would change and like work on and improve. And so 
We did it one time, and then maybe a year later, there was an opportunity to do it again, and we did the whole process again. Like, even if the, the piece had already been set, I think we changed lots of stuff. And for me, like, just, just rehearsing like that or working with someone, or like the way I used to do with Julio, too, uh, the, just that is is so much fun. More fun than like yeah, okay, performing can be fun, but the the whole creative process with stuff is is what I really like. Nobody's there. Uh, no, we're all here. here. We're here. here. We're here. We're here. What happened with Julio? I just didn't want to interrupt. What Julio, what happened? Yeah, he moved to Lebanon. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Holy shit. His wife, he, his wife is from Lebanon originally, but she'd been in, she was Canadian. I mean, she'd been here a long time. Um, but her parents had gone back there from before they met, I think. And I think that, you know, they had a kid and I think she really, really wanted to be near her family. family. And he was willing to try, you know, I think, it's quite possible they might end up coming back. Like I hear from him all the time and I mean, I don't know, but you know, things aren't going that well there. Right. You know, so, mm. you know, we may see him back again. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I still remember the time you guys, guys came guys by together. I still remember the time you and Julio, we like, it was like the first time he left Montreal in years and you guys stayed with Chico oh. and I. Yes. So yeah, fun. didn't we do no, uh, Nocturne? You were, you were replacing... Yeah, am I mixing up Perhaps. the times, Adam? No. Because one time been... you, were, you were replacing Robin? Yeah, that was probably it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. I think I, I think I stayed at Chico's more than once, though, right? I think so. Oh, oh Man, yeah, 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 yeah. You, got, you so had the nice milonga there, the, the, the Friday night milonga. At, at your place, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I probably had to get a tango on a Friday if it was that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so much fun, man! Yeah. I yeah, we had such crazy parties at that. Well, block. talking about how awesome our lives were before Corona is really making me depressed, guys. Maybe we should listen to more tango music. <laughs> <laughs> de vuelta, de vuelta, toilet baron. <laughs> More depressing music. <laughs> well, there's a been great, great to talk great, to you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say there's a great photo I saw the other day. I'll send it to you. There's a great photo of you and me, Adam, laughing our heads off here in Montreal at the Malanga when you, you guys came to give a workshop in Montreal and you performed on the Saturday night. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I think we, it was with with. Kristen and Barack, we did once. Yeah. 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 But there's another yeah. photo of you so, and I. I don't know if you remember this one, but it's like right when I was a beginner and you're sitting on my lap and we're laughing as well in this photo too. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, we were all really drunk and stoned. That was, yeah. uh, Kim, <laughs> Kim had a party on her roof. Oh, yeah. Remember experience as I used to live Carol? there. Yeah, Carol and yeah. Julio were smoking okay. weed. And I was there with. I was there with Julio at that one. So, what was I going to say? I remember I had this like realization that night that I, it was kind of hard to dance because it was on the 
the roof, roof was all gravelly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not gravel, but it was, yeah, sticky. Yeah. So I danced with this one person. And you know when you've, like, smoked something or whatever, you're, like, sometimes you're just super hyper aware of everything, you know? So I'm dancing with this one person, and it was really difficult to dance because this guy, this is how I analyzed it afterwards, led, or it could have been because of the music, but led rather short steps that went into the ground. So I was sticking, you know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, please don't leave me a pivot kind of experience, right? Because my knees are not going to survive. And after that, a little bit later, I danced with Julio. And Julio has a way of dancing, which is kind of just sort of gliding on the surface. Mm, yeah. And that's when I realized like, oh, okay, you can pivot on this. Like it has... It, sometimes it's not the surface, it's the way you're moving on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really stoned, but that's what Ooh. I remember taking out of that one. <laughs> so you, you could play with friction. If you reduce the friction. Yeah. Friction, baby. Friction. So, yeah, that was friction. a fun weekend, too. I, I, I remember that party. Yeah. I don't Man, remember. I just else. want us to get together and hang out in one room. Yeah. And well, shit. Keep stirring your concoctions together. We'll get a vaccine eventually. I have I have you know what I found also is videos of us all filming each other at Baltimore. Really? Filming each filming each other like after class doing the steps. Uh-huh. So uh you guys, like, there's, I have film of you and Chico doing a step, and, and I had filmed it. Yeah. I just found, I, the other day I was looking through stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so that funny would be a long to find ago. these videos sometimes. I know, we've all been yeah. doing and this And then see, time. holy shit, this is how I looked like. Well, I think you, you look the same, Chico, <laughs> as a person. No, yeah, I hope not in the dance. Well, no, I'm sure not. I'm sure we've all changed, right? Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Come on, guys, of course. <laughs> so hope so. Jesus. <sighs> God. Oh, Jesus. I'm praying. <laughs> what, what, so what I'm happened? We, drunk, lost, guys. we lost... I'm totally Mar- getting drunk. So we lost Marcelo, but Adam's here twice? Is that what's going on? Yeah. yeah. We got oh, twice the Adam and no Marcelo except in the comments. <laughs> Adam drank too much water. And so uh, yeah. he got kicked out of the computer. Well, the other sad part is that this part of the show is not being recorded for the publication because I what? kicked myself oh, really? off of the I kicked myself off of the browser for Podbean, and when I logged back in, oh, it's, it killed the no. show. So I don't even know how we're still connected right now, to be honest. No. But, um, <laughs> well, the fact but that I, we're still seeing Tango Uncorked on. Yeah, we still see it. recording. I know, yeah. but I don't have. No, it told me it's not, but it's not letting me um connect my microphone. Or, anyway, I want to wrap. We got to wrap it up anyway because guys, it's not being recorded. Let's go crazy on this last couple of minutes. Well, let's let Marcelo come back for a minute. And Tell us the dirt. To, Marcelo wanted to okay. announce something, right? Yeah, but I don't know if he wants to do that if it's not being recorded. Is he still there? I think he's Well, he's going to have to call us. So I'm going to hang up, and then I'll call back later. But we're going to okay. wrap it up in a second. So Marcelo, okay. go ahead okay. and call. Okay. Marcelito. 
Let's see if you get it. Get it. What's up? What's up? Now, now, now that we uh, we have the control, guys, we can go. I can go on now. There's nobody in control now, right? Nobody exactly. No, so no, everybody no. can write everything in the in the in the comments. We are going to read all the comments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to. Uh, no, guys, I, I wanted to. And you. I wanted to share with you something that I am planning, and thank you, and thank you so much, Adam and Chico, to let me share a little bit, and I hope that you will like it. The idea is to create a talk that unifies this community that we we are building now. Something that we something to remember that how was it? Something that uh, how how the things are moving forward, and we are going to have a, a very nice. Uh, um, Talks the 11 and the 12th of July. Uh, the first the talks will go from the how uh, uh, the African culture is still influencing what we are listening and how we are dancing today. I have a, a friend of mine that she he shows some elements that it's unbelievable that we are still doing movements that the Africans they were doing in the beginning of the century and without noticing. And then we are going to have another discussion and, and a table of talk with leader ladies that I found in different parts of the world. And they are going to share with us how they are leading the tango nowadays and what they see, uh, how, how they see the, the tango evolving under their eyes, under the, under the ladies' eyes. One, one lady is from Germany, from France, Argentina, and, and Meredith from here for here for state. And I will be fun to, to hear what they are they want to share their stories and then I have Mauricio who will teach us how some some about makeup and then the mate ritual how why the match is so the mate you know the mate yeah yeah and yeah. how they how to how to prepare it and what is the the ritual why they the, from where comes the ritual to share it well, because it's a must ritual is different you yes I know as a culture differently <laughs> <laughs> and yes, at the same time, the, the, the ritual of the, from, from, from the time it uh, comes from the from indigenous people here in Argentina uh, and how they passed to the gauchos and now how here in the culture uh, it is uh, shared. It's a ritual that actually literally comes from the, from the indigenous people. We are drinking mate as they were drinking before Columbus. It's fascinating. Nice. <laughs> So July that is the 11th idea. And July 12th, correct? Yes. And we and the next next month we are going to have another talks and I want to reach to you guys because I have plans for you, for Carol, for James, and for the kids to, yeah. to share. It will oh, be by yes. Zoom. That's gonna go yes, yes, I have plans, guys. I have plans. I want to I will, I will. And, uh, we, I want to I want to do this what we have here like Chico and Adam created. I wanted to 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 reproduce it, but not just for us to share it in a bigger event, so people can hear us and talk and, and share communication with us. So create more dialogue all of all of us. Is this going to yeah. be on video? 
format? It will be in Zoom. I will record it if I can. I don't know if we can do it. And it will be in Zoom. And the webpage is tangospheres.com. Or in the if you go to uh, Facebook, in Facebook, Tango Spheres all together. It's just a one word. And you will see the event there. How do you spell it, though? Spheres. Such a di spheres. difficult word, man. It, spheres. It's S P A R E, and I'm not American. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I know how to spell yeah. sphere, but I wasn't sure that in Spanish they spelled it the same way. Or no, esferas. In español es esferas. But it's not. It's not the same. S. But is there an S on the end? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's plural. So, guys, when we're on the show, we're only wearing I... cups and an underwear underneath. No, but yes, please. Whoa. If we are yes. going to be in the in the Zoom, I want everybody to just <laughs> top up. No, no, in the bottom, nothing. No. Okay. Okay. Not nothing. <laughs> I would say underwear. I don't want to sit with not nothing. No. 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 <laughs> On my couch. Hey, has it been really hot in New York? Uh, it has been okay, actually. Oh my it hasn't God, because been here. It's super humid, but it's going to get really hot in the next Here we days. had such a heat wave the last few days. Today, yes, well, it broke last night and it's okay now, but I had four, four days, like it was over 100 with humidity, and I had to like, sleep on my balcony, like super hot, you know, like really, really hot. Why is it hotter here than there? That doesn't make sense. Well, it's been in waves here, so maybe it was like that here, and then it got there, and it cooled off here, and it's coming back here. Mm. It's just slightly Jesus. more inland, right? Us? Yeah. And uh, north. And uh, north. Yeah. We're kind of just, I... we're just kind of above them, but North America. We're above you. Right? No, oh, come on. What are you talking about? I was gonna say I think we're almost due north, but North North America I'm sorry. spreads out up I here. Take so it back. I don't mean to call you bitch. We're above you. We're just above you. You can walk. <laughs> you can walk <laughs> from Quebec. You could walk illegally from New York into Quebec. I'm so drunk. Do you go, guys right know? Down. Have you ever heard of this little town in? There's this little town in Vermont that friends of mine were living in, and it's right on the border of Vermont and Quebec. And um, this little town, you literally have to go through customs to go to your groceries and stuff. And the library <laughs> is built right on the border. And one of the entrances is in Canada, and one of the entrances is in the United States. And Whoa. there's a line in the library. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. No, did not know that. Very interesting. That. And they purposely built the library right on the border so that both parts of the town could benefit from it. That's way back when you didn't need a passport. They can both benefit, but only they can only take the books on their side of the border. No, they can take the books on either <laughs> side, but you have to go out the door you came in. Ooh. <laughs> That's funny. And that makes sense. That's We're going to open cool. a Tango school like that. All right, everybody, yeah. we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was nice. That was great, great guys. It's great to hear your voice, Carol. Nice to hear you, too. I, I, gee, I feel like 
you know, it's so nice to tune in and hear all these familiar voices every week. It's really nice. Yeah. Here, guys. Thank you guys for joining us every week. And um, we'll see you next Not week. Meeting. We'll talk to you next week. Tell your friends to listen. And mm-hmm. that's that. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Take, take care. Good night. Good night, guys. Thank Good you. Night, Good night, big guys. Abrazos. Hugs. <laughs>